All right, hello everyone. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Lorebeards. We've got a wonderful Sunday streak going here. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, I am Loremaster Sotek, as per usual. We've also got Nathan, as always, here with us. How are you doing today, man? Hey, guys. How are you all doing? I'm good, bro. How are you? Great, great. And for this week, our special guest, uh, who was super-duper wonderful coming in on short notice, is the one and only, the very, very legendary Balderbort. Good evening. So, hello. And uh, I don't think I deserve that epithet. Um, I'm the junior of us three. Thanks a lot for having me along, gents. You, no, you absolutely deserve it. You're the only human being that has ever made me genuinely super emotional over a tank because <laughs> the, the, your storytelling skills are far superior to anyone else in this room. Oh, you yeah, big girl. No, 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 no. <laughs> only joking, only joking. No, it's all a bit of a laugh, isn't it? If you can't cry over your favorite ride, what can you cry over, eh? I don't oh. even like tanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting here. You take that back. Raider. You take that back right now. Never, never. I'll, I'll, I'll die on this sword and sword and board, <laughs> this sword and board hill I have. All them and their newfangled robots and technology. But uh, uh, we do got uh, this week's a little more casual. Thankfully uh, for our sanity, there weren't any massive bombs dropped on us by games workshop or creative assembly this week it was just kind of a I, there was stuff happening this week but it was mostly just kind of a trickle of some cathay stuff which we've done plenty of and there will be more to come so we're gonna let cathay take a week off and rest but yeah. uh there is plenty more to discuss um and we're actually going to be hitting some uh kind of funny things today uh in addition to just talking about some random nonsense but before we get too far into it just a quick uh heads up and reminder that uh, Tale of Two Gamers is due next week for anyone that's participating in that. Um, this round is to paint a unit. Um, the unit can be one guy or it can be a hundred guys. It doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, if you want your minis to be showed off and you want to participate for uh, Lorebeards, that is due next week before we go live. So just a reminder of that. And... Uh, then let's talk. Uh, what's everybody been up to? Uh, Nathan, we'll start with you. What what have you been up to the last week? Uh, well, not a lot. Hobby wise, I've been sanding down a lot of chaos shields to make them nice and uh, remove the undivided iconography. Because obviously, I'm doing some Saneshi warriors. And then I finally got into my pile of shame and started looking at all the hedonites because I absolutely love them. So I've actually got a box right in front of me because I've got. Uh, I've been looking at. How I can convert them and turn them into Warhammer Fantasy. Mm. And mm. I've got a lot of really cool ideas. Uh, so I've been literally back and forth with these guys. I've been posting on Twitter regarding the uh, slam goals because I want to turn them into Chaos Spawn and so on. So I've just been like uh, hobbing really hard and writing up a list because if I'm going to finish up an army, I might as well make a nice competitive list with it too. Yes. Warriors oh, yeah. of Kyle. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful book. Man, that just, I really want Games Workshop to just release the Cathay 8th edition PDF. Just, just do it as a PDF and let us play with it. Oh, um, God, yeah. After they said that they've actually done it, it's like, well, <laughs> let me have it. <laughs> uh, I'll pay 40 bucks, give it to me. <laughs> I, I, I literally, I think I tagged them as soon as I read that on a, t on a tweet. I said, like, I, I will give you a kidney. Just let me see the rules. <laughs> 
Uh, what about you, Baldivar? What have you been up to lately? Anything exciting or any hobby stuff? Or what have you been up to these days, my dude? Uh, well, generally, I'm really headlong into uh, content creation, as you know. But on Wednesday, because uh, Wednesday I go down to my local club, and I managed to absolutely give a swirly to uh, the Fighting First, the um, the uh, Sons of the Lion, and I kicked the living poo out of them with my Necrons. It was uh, very enjoyable. That's delightful. I love any story that ends with Space Marines losing to Xenos. That's a great story. <laughs> That's my favorite kind of story. In the round two, the hand flashed out, and I took it and, and shook it with a big shit-eating smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> How are the uh, Dark Angels since they're... Because um, they've just recently had a supplement released. Yeah, they did. Um, they're actually quite good in my uh, in my estimation. Um, obviously, they're not um, what many people would call top tier, but they're sturdy. They've got some good stratagems. Unfortunately, the lad had just taken out his old army, was having a look at it again. I just chucked together some Necrons and played them. And we had a look at the army afterwards, and uh, he's going to magnetize a lot of his stuff. And uh, obviously, I have extolled the virtues of the melter, merity merity, and uh, he's going to change over a load of weaponry, etc. It's a great army. It looks fantastic. It's it's just more of a fifth um, edition army than it is ninth. So he's having a look at it again, and yeah, he's getting out again and seeing what he can do with it, and uh, changing a load of stuff over. So it's really good fun actually chatting about it afterwards, because yeah, I absolutely dunked on him. Um, as a garage went into his central line, and yeah, it got bad. It got bad. That's insane. So, was it a proper fifth edition army then? Well, I mean, it was from that era, and he was his thinking was from that era. So wow. he was uh, putting in a lot of heavy bolters, a lot of heavy flamers, etc., which is all very nice. Mm. We had a load of bikes as well, and I said to him, "Look, you've got all of the infantry killing ability you need." What are the flyers? Yeah, what are the uh, land speeders doing? Where's your anti tank? And he kind of looked at me like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's not a tank addition, but there are some nasty little things out there. Like I saw in multiple new orifices with the, um, well, one of the new uh, Necron, um, basically, oh, how to put it? Sorry, it's a bit late for me. I do apologize on a Sunday. Um, one of their new uh, blasting droids, tall thing, like a reanimator. And oh, it, okay. yeah, it just tore him a new, well, many new orifices. I really enjoyed that. It was good fun. Uh, I like Sounds how like it was uh, a good game. Are. Well, no, it was a game. We had a good laugh, which is the most important thing. Then we had a great chat about it. Then after that, we went to the bits boxes, threw them all open, got out a load of melters, etc. And uh, he's going to go off and kit bash. He's more of a hands on kit bashy guy. I'm more of a player and obviously a bit of law. A bit. <laughs> yeah, just, just a smidge. Little bit. Uh, awesome. That's awesome. So, what did you do this week, young man? Uh, <laughs> um, honestly, About for me, uh, I've been working on getting my ghosts painted up for Tale of Two Gamers. Mm. So, chain yeah. rasps are just about done. Uh, I, I was still emotionally recovering this week from last weekend's tournament. Having to fight back to back Morathy was just. <laughs> it's not a good time like i won one of those games but only because the scenario um if it had been like literally any other scenario i would have been tabled but uh yeah so uh most of the texas crew uh, the people that i normally play with and stuff are off at the houston tournament which is a big tournament in a city south of here a few hours but um i was not able to uh go to that because i had prior engagements but things are uh 
going well. I've been kind of up to my neck in going through the older Cathay lore uh, to kind of mm -hmm. compare and contrast. Uh, just did a video on like the Celestial Dragon Emperor and how he's changed from the old lore, uh, which yeah, um, which is a lot of fun reading. A yeah. lot of going back into some super old stuff and you know just enjoying the absolute delight that is Games Workshop not keeping track of their own lore and changing it every <laughs> every five years. But uh, it's um, it's been really fun trying to like tie all those stories together and figure out. <laughs> what Creative Assembly and Games Workshop are up to currently. Um, yeah. So, uh, excited to see more from them. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, it's so it's 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 mostly just been... The, I've, I've been doing some AOS reading, too. They just released the new books. So I've been reading the new Auric Warclans and uh, uh, Stormcast mm. Eternals books and dreaming about when Night Haunts will get a new book because our, <laughs> our book is the third oldest now. But uh, it's one day. One day um all right great so uh sounds like everyone's been busy which is awesome and mm. uh let's go into our first topic for today which is going to be uh not probably super long but we're just going to kind of talk about it because it's kind of on a lot of people's minds uh with total war warhammer 3 slowly but surely approaching which is <laughs> ogres we got to talk oh, yeah. about them ogres so uh as everybody uh, probably knows it's 99% confirmed that Ogre Kingdoms are the uh, the early adopter bonus for mm. uh, Total War Warhammer 3. So if you pre-order the game or I think buy it in the first week after it comes out, you'll probably be getting Ogres for free uh, as a campaign or race pack. And we're just going to talk about them a little bit today. Uh, not anything too crazy because obviously we don't have any like super big info. Um, and Ogres are, of course, in Total War Warhammer 2 as mm. mercenaries, uh, which... I think we all have figured out seems like it was basically just a test drive or just it was that first little hit of crack just to get you on the ogre train <laughs> that they'll be like oh, we've well, all here's, here's the full race <laughs> yeah, we've all been there we've even had them in my high elf army disgusting as it was i had to try them out oh yeah they're, they're and they're fun. they're just fun like they're super fun um and i've i've actually been having fun uh doing trying to do thematic builds with them like i think my favorite one to do is play sartosa with rns assault spite but to give her like a living army so to have as the least amount of dead guys as possible uh give her the ogre man eaters with the pistols because they look like pirate ogres uh so you and plus in the lore rns assault spite's first mate was actually an ogre <laughs> her, her uh, her her enforcer <laughs> so it all it's all it's, it all lines up but uh uh nathan what, what are your what are what are you kind of like looking forward to and do you have any like what, what's the primary thing you've got buzzing in your head right now for ogres well uh, see i i um <clears throat> i played against them extensively on the tabletop because eighth edition they were one of the top tier armies they're very good so I, I'm waiting to see how they'll translate that power because let's let's be very honest. You remember lead boaches back in the day of Ape? They were <laughs> oh yeah, they were special. Too many shots. <laughs> Too many shots. <laughs> you know what I'm really really curious about more than anything? How they're gonna do Greasus? Because like it's Greasus and what like a thousand Noblars moving him? You know. Mm. Yeah, uh, Greasus is my spirit animal and who I'm hoping to cosplay as. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, he, like, he had such a bizarre model. Like, it's a glorious model. The fact that Greasus has decided he's literally too rich to walk. 
Um, but I, I'm curious how. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm curious how they're going to animate it because, like, from a lore standpoint, Greasus is so over the top. He's so opulent that not mm. only is he carried by a tide of Noblars, but they also dump out gold in front of him. So he's always walking on a road of gold. So they dump out gold and then Noblars in the back pick it up and run it back to the front, which is just like I don't, <laughs> I don't know to what extent they're going to do that. I hope. I would love to have the gold pouring. But, uh, um, but like, I don't know, like, I'm kind of hoping we get the full Noblar treatment, uh, just like maybe if we see the palanquins of Nurgle, we get the, you know, the, the big old stone things being carried around by a swarm of Nurglings. I, I really want to see those. That'd be cool. That'd be really, really cool. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Like, cause obviously we've had different types of, uh, factions and so on. Do you think Horde or pseudo hold like the vampire coast or uh i could see them i don't think they're gonna do hordes ever again like i think actual hordes are like dead forever that's that's not a thing anymore uh i think they've tried it and they've they're just it just doesn't work <laughs> they've yeah. tried but it's not as compelling at all yeah. yeah like you don't get any unique buildings you don't get any mm. like incentives to go particular places like it just it just doesn't work like there's just no ex it it doesn't add anything that a pseudo horde does not have and it's just way more fun yeah um, true yeah it's just like a game of pac-man though isn't it when you're playing um hordes Nom 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 nom. Uh, I don't. I don't find it as interesting as the, you know the, you know when the sections where you've wandered your army off about half the map away and all of a sudden right in your homelands a rebellion happens etc etc. All of those fun management and deployment things you just don't get with uh, hordes. And, and yeah. that's all I'm qualified to say. I'm gonna shut up now. No, no, I absolutely agree. I think most of the community would. I mean, a lot yeah. of. I think a lot of us after seeing what they did with the beastmen are just finally at the point where it's like you know it's fine if it's a pseudo horde like okay maybe ogres can only like they have maybe they have like structures and buildings in the ogre kingdoms and then maybe they have to be like special settlements where they go elsewhere but honestly i'm kind of expecting the ogres just to be pretty normal um i, I think maybe they'll have a lot of mechanics tied around like food um and um maybe needing to like have a lot of trade power but I'm not expecting them to be a horde in that ogre hordes are kind of a thing, but it's only because they take, you know, they kind of pick up and take everything with them, but they also have a homeland at the same time. And there are notable ogre like settlements within many of the mountain ranges. So I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do it, but a pseudo horde, I think would be great. So would a regular faction. I, I really don't think there's a bad way to do it. As long as the ogres have really interesting mechanics, but uh, you know, just no more, no more Nakai's, no more what Warriors of Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> like, just fix those guys and let's just not do that anymore. I actually tried to play a little bit as Nakai recently, and I I, I had to give up. It's I rough. Really did. It is yeah. rough. Um, I hopefully that's one of those things they fix one day. But uh, yeah. Blizzardman, <laughs> always, always the guinea pig. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, for me personally, I'm I'm also very excited for the ogres. I'm the thing I'm the most curious about is how big are their monsters going to be? Because one yeah. of the things I don't think many people appreciate about the ogres is a how large they are, 
you know, if you play Total War Warhammer 2, you're sitting there going, like, oh, wow, these guys are pretty big. But you got to think that their monstrous mounts are monstrous sized for them. <laughs> like, when the Ogre monsters came out in tabletop, they introduced a new base size <laughs> because they needed to, like, upgrade it instead of yeah. it being um, 50 millimeters by 100 millimeters, which I think was chariot bases and, like, old school monsters. For the yeah. ogres, they introduced like a hundred by a hundred or something crazy like that. Yeah, mammoth was absolutely storming when it came onto the scene, wasn't it? I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah, a lot and of the those... options were really, really good. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the ogre monsters were so well done that they still hold up really well now, even many, many years yeah. later. Uh, the only thing bad about them now is that they're monopose for people that want to run mm. like a lot of them because uh, you kind of have to do a lot of kit bashing to make them look a little different. Yeah, I know, but there's no such thing as monopose if you've got a knife. That's true. That's true. Uh, oh, I am admittedly someone that does not care at all about monoposing, but I know some people in the community get worked up about that. <laughs> I hate it. I absolutely hate monopose. Really, really well, badly. <laughs> again, if you've got a knife, nothing is monopose. I've been uh, working on a lot of because uh, I got my hands on some fifth edition Imperials, yeah. and some of them are monopose, some of them not so much. But like I've been working around because I want to finish off my Avaland army after I'm done with Esenleshi. Yeah. So sir. I've had to start going and just cutting arms off and legs off just to just rejig it a little bit, you know. Mm. It's a cool force and they're cool models, but like I, I, I miss the days when everything was just little bits and bobs. Because like the Chaos Warriors, this 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 guy is literally just two pieces. It's literally just his cape in the back and the front torso. There's literally nothing about it. It works for Chaos because it's regimental and they have to look like a moving block, but everything else, you know? For those unaware, um monopose means that the model can only be built one way. So no yeah. matter how many versions of that how many of that model you may have, it all looks the exact same. Uh, yeah. Which some people find frustrating, some people don't. But And I will say, the, the fantasy models for the rank and file were a little bit worse because they all were designed to just squeeze in next to each other. Um, so yeah. they, they were very boring pose-wise compared to what we have nowadays. But um, I so know, but imagine the mental breakdown you would have if you had to play Luminous with their daft cowbells and you had to rank <laughs> them up. No, no, seriously. You would, honestly, I, I suggest we get videos and we put them up in people's rooms before they do the bat rep and tell them they have to rank up and, and then we just fast forward it while crying from the frustration. I don't usually involve myself in Schottenfrauda, but on that occasion, I will. You can't do it with some of the modern models. They're just not built that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they do have more freedom, but at the same time, they can't. I mean, I'm a Nighthaunt player. Nighthaunts? have mm. a very strict <laughs> amount of space but like they're yeah. so wispy and all over the place uh and like it looks cool but man it could be a pain in the ass uh and yeah. they really like to get caught on each other which is so, like grim gas reapers oh oh i i i hate them sometimes but how's it like to move them because when i play eldar and other such things as soon as you get to the club you open your box and it's like oh god I've got an hour of gluing. Are they are they uh, brittle? Do they explode a lot, or are yes. they actually quite sturdy? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I I have not gotten through a single tournament without at least like two or three night haunts, like losing a weapon or something. Yeah. 
like granted, it's, it's the same guys so i should probably just stop trying to fix them and just replace them and be done with it because uh, like they broke once and because they're so thin it's just impossible to get them to behave yeah i'm an elder player mate come on i know <laughs> but I know. Uh, but if, if you uh, look them hard <laughs> yeah traveling is no longer an issue because i bought uh you can kind of see all my carts and stuff back there but i bought i got a box and i laid down a magnetic sheet in it and everybody's got magnets glued to their bases so they all stick <laughs> they don't move <laughs> oh no 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 no! i have tried that but my problem is i'm slightly clumsy so while getting them out if i'm talking to anybody else down the club which i usually am i'll, I'll try and multitask and do two things talking and chewing gum or moving <laughs> figures and, and then they yeah oh, oh look yay the sword off that one's come off that'll be so easy to fix yep 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 yeah, yep so uh <laughs> back to back to our ogres uh we're really looking forward to the big monsters i hope they're huge because like mm. a stone horn compared to a stegodon a stone horn is notably larger mm. and stegodons are mm. big boys but uh, we've seen Total War is not afraid to pull in big monsters. I mean, we've got a freaking Dreadsaurian, which is colossal. But uh, so when it comes to the ogres, what what like model or unit are y'all the most excited for? Ooh, tough, tough. For me, for me, it's Stonehorn. Easily Stonehorn. Yeah. I mean, that big fossilized, just it, it's so badass looking. Like a creature that's so old and hardy that it's it's like skeleton is exposed and it's literally fossilizing as it's moving around. That's great. Mm. That's great. I love it. For me, it'll have to be, oh, I might get the name wrong. Iron Blaster? Yeah, the giant rhino cannon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's not to love? <laughs> hmm. I think uh, it was quite potent back in the day, too. Uh, a friend of mine uses two in his loadout all the time, and they, they, they do do a lot of damage. To me, it's just rank and file, um, not the monsters. It's always, I mean, I love the big models, they're great. But for me, always, it's the rank and file units which really make it good. Also, another thing is I play Drakari or Dark Eldar, so I really want good ogres so I can then mutate them into uh, grotesques. So, yeah, being more <laughs> on me, what I say. Oh, yeah. Baltimore, are you more excited for the shooty ones, the the lead belchers, or the like the big combat heavily armored ones, like the iron guts? <laughs> I think you know the answer to that. If I want <laughs> guns, if I want guns, I'll go Warhammer 40k. No, it's it's the big choppy choppy stand on your head type. Lovely, great weapons. That's what I want to see. I just I need a kill animation of like an iron gut using his gut plate to kill someone. I need it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I need it. Yes. Oh yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> like we need the belly kills. <laughs> I'm also looking forward to Scrag the Slaughterer. I cannot wait to see him animated. Ooh, like with yes. the, the he's got the he's got the meat hook hands and he's dragging the giant cauldron behind him. I wonder if yep. he'll have animations where he like kills somebody and like tosses them into the pot. <laughs> That'd that would be, be amazing. Cool. That would be very cool indeed. There's so many like possible good characters. Like the ogres didn't have that many characters introduced, but the ones that were like were all gold. Yeah, they 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 have a compared to other eighth edition armies, they have a very small cast. But the 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 four that were in the army book, plus the white dwarf character being um, 
uh, Gark Ironskin. Very, very good yeah. cast. Of, and they each cover a very wide range. The only thing they don't have is a hunter character, which I would not be super surprised CCA make one up. Mm, true, true. I mean, uh, wasn't there one for one of the supplements or something? I'm not too sure. There's, so there's a there's like the first hunter, which is Jar Jared or Jarod the Red, but he's like mm. super duper old and dead, <laughs> like uh. like thousands of years dead. Uh, but that hasn't stopped them with some characters. Uh, I mean, you... we we've, we've got Vlad and Rapunz running around. You know, would be really curious. Uh, I can't remember his name, but it was an ogre that was able to use uh, necromancy, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he's not. Uh, he was a um, God. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He has a name. <laughs> It'll yeah. come to me at some point. But uh, he was essentially like a lore blurb. Like when you yeah. were reading the book, you know, the, they'd have those little like paragraphs in italics that were like on the yeah. side margin. He's one of those well, guys. Say what? I said, you mean the best bit? Yes, the best bits. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, he he's a hilarious character. Um, mm. I and I, he would be really interesting. I mean, I I won't deny that he could make a really really fun lord or hero, uh, legendary hero. Even just an ogre that's able to like summon zombies or something would be goofy. Mm. Yeah, that is a new one on me. I didn't know about that one. I've got to admit, yeah, I'm pitching a tent. That sounds absolutely storming. Yeah, his his entire gist was he was captured by a necromancer who was gonna who's doing like experiments on uh, corpses and trying to make like a super monster, and the mm. necromancer thought like starved him for months and thought he was too weak to do anything, uh, and would just kind of keel over and die. And then when the necromancer got close, the ogre uh, was not as weak as he thought, and he reached forward, grabbed the necromancer, and ate him. But the necromancer was in the middle of casting a spell to defend himself. So when yeah. the ogre ate him, he just sort of ingested all of that death magic or all that dark yeah. magic. And it just turned him into a walking, um, just like a walking radi radiator of necromancy. So wherever he goes, it's Bra the Slave Lord. That's his name, Bra the Slave Lord. So his whole thing is that wherever he goes, because he's just radiating necromancy, it just makes dead things get up. So, like, he'll walk by a bunch of corpses and they'll just turn into zombies and skeletons. They'll get up and start following him. So he has these giant trains that follow him of slaves and they're all undead. And he just takes them to the Chaos Dwarves and is like, hey, here, slaves, give me money. <laughs> That's his whole MO. That's all he does. Fair. I mean, have you done a video on this chap? Because it sounds like you need to. I have not. Uh, we've talked no. about him uh, during, like, the really? Ogre Kingdom's Q&A. We talked about him a fair bit. Uh, he's a very he's a very weird character because he's not a wizard. That's the really funny part is he can't he's not actively casting magic. He just it's just it's just like a weird it's like bo but it makes dead people get up <laughs> instead of smelling bad. Like Nurgle's rot. Yeah. 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 A <laughs> uh, very weird but fun character. Uh, I would I would mm -hmm. love to see him appear in some fashion. I I would be surprised if he was a lord, but he could make a really fun cameo appearance somewhere or as a hero or something mm. it'd be fun it's uh we, we need more characters especially i think uh when i did my missing legendary uh character series for the ogres mm. there's only about seven ish more or less ogres like fully fleshed out in the law if you stretch you can get to seven yeah uh, in in eighth edition the playable ones were greasis gold tooth uh the over tyrant 
Scrag the yeah. Slaughterer, who's the big wizard with the cauldron, the pot behind him. Yeah. Um, uh, Van Vaneater, the yes. mercenary king. And then, um, uh, I'm forgetting his name, but the guy with the giant scythe blade. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the, the executioner, executioner character. Um, yeah. Those are the only four legendary lords in the actual book. Uh, mm. Gark Ironskin is a sixth edition white dwarf supplement character uh, who mm. is still considered canon. Um, and he, him he being the big a, monster character, he had the Rhinox mount, didn't he? He has a he has a Rhinox that's made out of demon metal, so it's not a real Rhinox. It is a it, it's like a juggernaut of corn, like the demons mm. of corn have, but it's the size and the shape of a Rhinox. So it's like a juggernaut on steroids. Oh, someone said the name of the executioner. It's uh, Brag the Gutsman. Yes, Brag the Gutsman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's it. Those those are the like the big five. Uh, there have been like a couple of little guys that have popped up here and there, but those are the guys that like had playable rules that you could easily take on the table. Mm. I think it's because they were get, getting properly fleshed out. Because what was it? Uh, Sixth edition, they were mostly used for Dogs of War stuff, weren't they? More more than anything. Uh, ogres were released in sixth. So yeah. Dogs of War had a supplement in six, and Ogres released near the end of six, if I remember right. And then in 7th edition, yeah. they got, like, a good book. And then 8th mm. edition, they got all their monsters. Yeah. Because uh, 8th edition, 8th edition did not add any characters for the most part. It just added, it added a lot of monsters. 8th edition was about, it was that kind of that time period where Games Workshop was experimenting with releasing very large plastic minis. Um, because they were basically trying to, like, get people to buy stuff that they didn't have. <laughs> but, uh, which was you know, good and bad for fantasy. Eighth edition obviously didn't make it to the end. <laughs> but, my my uh, problem with eighth was the magic system. Literally, I'm going to teleport across to the side of your army, cast a uh, oh, purple sun Azarius, and then two other things, and that's it. Oh <laughs> my god, dude! Why do you have to bring that up? <laughs> you have so, to bring up like everyone's nightmares. I'm sorry, lads. I mean, I came back for eighth. Got a load of troops, was just about to paint them up, Xerius the crap out of a load of people. I mean, I, I did horrible, horrible things to people with my elves. And then the bastards went and cancelled the game. <laughs> I'm not a happy man. Uh, that dude, uh, as a Lizardman player, I, I played Lizardman very, like, I was in the Texas Master Circuit, super duper competitive. Purple Sun, literal nightmare fuel. <laughs> Lizardmen have like an initiative of like one, two, if they're not skinks. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I thought I'd bring it up for old time's sake. I love that spell so fucking much. Dude, that spell is the, one of the worst designs. Like, especially, like, I mean, speaking of ogres, ogres, that, that spell would instantly cost them the game. Like, if mm. Ogres were not going to be first place or, like, at the top table of the tournament, it was probably because some asshole took, like, a Dark Elf Sorceress on a Pegasus, flew 20 inches next to him, and Purple Sun down the line. Like, that's probably what happened. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head how I did it with the Elves. I think it was something like Teleport or something like that. But I managed to get to the side of his rank and then blow the, yeah, as I say, the poo out of this guy multiple times. We played three games in an hour. <laughs> I love it. Strange. I love it. They were all very similar, though. You know what, though? It's not It's not fair for me to be, like, overly, like, I, 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 everybody, at least in my memory, most everybody cheesed. I remember my cheese would you take 
the super slon and a giant unit of temple guard and you yeah. take the lore of life so you'd make it where you couldn't miscast and then yeah. you just throw six dice at dwellers below <laughs> and be like that unit dies mate you filthy bastard <laughs> it was the only way i could beat skaven literally the no, only way fair. You'd see a Skaven player and you'd go, okay, Dwellers Below on your Gracer unit. And he'd go, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> that was You're the only way to beat him. Now. You are sitting next to the Skaven skink master now. <laughs> oh, I hated Dwellers. Dwellers was a... Uh, oh, like, uh, the, it got to the point that I had to start like experimenting with finally using Skitter Leap to just try and get away from that spellcaster. Because if the Slan would hit you with Dwellers, you were screwed. Nathan, have I ever told you my favorite Skitter Leaf story? Oh, God. So I was playing. It's not going to be good for you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I was was playing a friend of mine, and we were having like a. We wanted to do a game where we we were just going like all out. So, uh, and we were taking like really stupid stuff we'd never taken before. So I took a list that was four Stegadons. So I had had Lord Mazdamundi, the big slon on Zlack. Then I had an Engine of the Gods. Then I had a regular Stegadon, then I had an ancient Stegadon. So it was just Stegadon City, right? With okay. some, like, core. And he had a Skaven army, and uh, it, was, it was fairly typical. It had a couple of little fun things in it. But the thing I'll never forget is he had this Gracier, and he had um, he had um, a Crack's Call, which for mm. anyone unfamiliar, Crack's Call is a spell where you would roll a bunch of dice and however you'd add them all together and whatever you rolled you'd add that and you draw a line and everything on that line had to roll a dice against their initiative stat and if you rolled mm-hmm. above it that thing just instantly died so all stegadons are like a um are because they had skink riders were like initiative four but Mazda money was like a two or a one so really high chance he'd fail it but uh so my friend i move up turn one his response is he skitter leaps, puts the Gracier next to one of my Stegadons, so it's a straight line down all the Stegadons together. Mm-hmm. Six dices, cracks call, uh, gets it on a irresistible force, draws the line, and it hits the first Stegadon. I roll, kills it. Engine of the Gods passes. Next Stegadon passes. Mazda Mundi passes on a one. He rolls for the miscast, and he rolls, he rolls a double one. So the wizard just get the gracer just gets eaten by a demon and just dies instantly. Oh. <laughs> like it was a it was a hail mary, but it did not pay off. <laughs> it was typical oh. Skaven, typical Skaven. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ouch! That, that I felt that I felt that. <laughs> that was such a goofy game. It's like I I remember seeing. I I mean I Skaven were so hilarious because like you never knew what kind of stupid crap was gonna happen. Like I still oh, remember yeah. one of my favorite games to watch was I uh it was a tournament, um, top table. Skaven mm. player rolls for his warp lightning cannon, misfires, it spins in place, ends up pointing down the all the rest of the war machines and rolls a 10 for its damage or its strength so it just obliterates the entire skaven war machine line it's just like skaven (laughs) just skaven it happens i mean if it works it works though because uh you know the spell plague is is, it's beautiful right keep jumping enemies and so Mm -hmm. on i i uh i was playing a four thousand point match um myself and boys of chaos versus empire and dwarfs 
Turn two, I managed to cast Plague, and I took out 75% of the enemy army because of one Plague because it kept jumping. At that point, we were like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, it sounds like the old virus bomb versus orcs situation that got me more than a panning or, or two from my big brother. I used to beat the snot out of me after doing that. <laughs> I had it coming, you know. It, it was a righteous... Yeah, leave it on the table. Leave it on the table. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, all right. I needed a good laugh today. Yeah. All right. So, ogres, we're all looking forward to it. I think, I think we're probably good to move on. Um. All right. So, next up, we've got it's time for who would win. So, for today's matchup, we've got a battle of the regenerating. Fiends. We've got Throg the Troll King going up against Morgur the Shadowgave. So as uh, before we get polls set up uh, so that chat can participate and vote, let me give you all a brief rundown of our participants here. And just a reminder for who would win rules, they don't get any bodyguards, they can't call for help, it's a fight to the death, and they go in with no prep time. So no, no Batman scenarios. <laughs> Please. Okay, let's see if I can get the poll working for once. All right, so let's start with Morgur. So we're going to be using Morgur in his, uh, the version of him that Total War is based on, which is actually his 6th edition version when he had a full rule set. Because uh, for anyone unaware, in 7th edition, Morgur was downgraded from a lord to a hero, and they stripped out the vast majority of his rules. So we're going to use him in his normal form. Um, so we've got Morgur. Uh, Morgur, for anyone unaware, is basically, he is the god of mutation crammed into an itty bitty little body, <laughs> just a little mortal body, and because you have a god shoved into a mortal form, he's completely batshit crazy, but, uh, cause to him, the mortal world is like, he's basically a 4D creature and you're forcing him onto the three, third dimension plane, so he's all out of whack, but he's very, very, very powerful and very, very scary. Uh, his mutation or his regeneration is insane morger is probably one of the best regenerators in the warmer fantasy universe uh in that he can regenerate from just about damn near anything uh obviously fire works very well against him but he is very very resistant to magic or anything that's magical in nature especially spells uh and also missile attacks so things that come at him from range will not hurt him uh Basically, he is such a mutating presence that as an arrow or a bullet or a missile or whatever is moving towards him, it will literally transmute into something harmless before it will hit him, uh, like a butterfly or dust or something. So uh, we've got that. Also, once somebody gets close enough to him, his mutating aura will cause you to mutate. So as you're fighting him, your body will start to go all out of whack. You'll start growing tentacles or third arms or things that are trying to strangle you, or your eyes will turn on, or catch on fire, or whatever. Um, and the other big things about him, uh, he has a very nasty scream, which is not super fun. Uh, pe most people don't know this, because Total War, unfortunately, hasn't given him this item or ability, though I hope they do at some point, is that his hair, Morker kind of has what looks like dreadlocks, and there's a bunch of skulls woven into them, uh, which is why he's often called the Master of Skulls, and it's called his Skull Weave. But the thing about those skulls is in the lore, 
the thing about them is not only are they constantly kind of flowing and there's like new ones appearing and old ones uh vanishing and stuff but the thing is is that they're always screaming so um they are always shrieking at like this ear splitting pitch that makes getting close to fighting morger very very difficult because not only is he terrifying but the scream is said to be so loud that it's genuinely disorienting um, like fighting him is very difficult because you have this ear splitting headache from all of these skulls endlessly screaming because they don't have to breathe because they're dead. And then, of course, he has the Bray Staff, which he carries around, and he has something else known as the Stones of Stol uh, Skull Cave, which he keeps on his person. The stones don't really do anything. They're basically just like super anti-magic, but Throg can't cast, so that's not going to help. And then uh, the Bray Staff also is kind of a hard counter to magic, so that's not really going to help him either. But the big thing about him is that he he's surprisingly skilled in melee. He is a constantly mutating form. He is most famous for having a staff in one hand, his giant crab claw in the other. Um, but he kind of is always shifting and growing new appendages as old appendages fall off and other stuff. He's a shifting, nasty... Uh, I don't remember the name of that uh, anime movie where the guy, like, Akira! It's like the, the, big, the big bad at the end of Akira. Uh but not quite as large and exploding. But he is going up against another fiend who's very, very good at regenerating. We got Throg the Troll King. Throg is pretty straightforward. Uh, he's very big. <laughs> he's a troll. Uh, but unlike most trolls, he's very intelligent. Throg is fairly smart. He's actually capable of thinking. He's not a stupid idiot. His vomit is the nastiest vomit we know of in Warhammer Fantasy because it is magical vomit. Uh, that melts through armor as if it wasn't even there and it is super effective against pretty much anything <laughs> and he's got a big old mallet it's a giant it's literally a giant boulder attached to a stick uh that he smashes stuff with it's not magical he just hits stuff hard with it uh and his regeneration is also very strong throg has something known as mutant regeneration which is not only is Throg's regeneration very impressive, but the more he regenerates, the more likely he is to gain mutations that will usually benefit him, like another mouth or another arm or something. But there is a chance it can go wrong. Um, there is a chance that Throg's uh, mutation can turn him into a demon prince, <laughs> but there's also a chance it can turn him into a chaos spawn. Uh, and he would just, you know, instantly die, essentially. So, uh, and he's got the Winter Tooth Crown, but that doesn't, his one magic item, but it doesn't do anything in this matchup. So, with the knowledge of that, so, uh, and just kind of like a brief throwdown of, for those that are kind of like, well, how do they pair up with certain things? They're both about equal when it comes to their ability to parry and hit. Morger, because he's more like a flailing appendage, like a flailing ass that's very difficult to land strikes on. Uh, Throg is a fairly skilled combatant, despite being a troll. Uh, Throg is stronger, he's larger, and he can theoretically take a hit better, but of course they both regenerate very hard, and Morger is pretty much immune to anything that's not going to hurt him in close, hit him in close combat. So, with all that in mind, Nathan, how are you feeling? Before anything, it is important to note, uh, like you said, very intelligent troll. Uh, it's not represented in the same way until War Warhammer, so if you guys just yeah, know from the Rob, video yeah. game... Like he is, if you read his books and so on, he is actually hyper intelligent. He's he, he, for a troll, like he's human level intelligent, which is quite a lot for a troll. 
terrifying. Can I ask one question, gents, before you go into it? Absolutely. You can ask all the questions you want. Oh, we don't have time for that. Um, <laughs> Soggy, uh, Soggy, you say that his mutations are generally beneficial to him. Can I ask you to identify why? So for Throg, uh, because he's so big and massive, and he he's used to having mutations, like Throg's got like an extra mouth on his gut. But the thing about Throg is uh, his constitution is tough enough that when he does mutate, it's not going to be something, unless the odds are just really against him, because there is a chance he could mutate something that is genuinely bad. But as long as the mutation is not like, you know, something that blocks, like a tube that blocks his airway or something. He's mm. big and strong enough and tough enough that he can kind of just ignore it and keep fighting. But he adjusts quick enough with his mutations that if he were to grow, like, another arm, or if he grew, like, a prehensile tail, he would start fighting with those things. Uh, so, would... yeah, adaptable within his own adapt adaptions. That's wonderful. Yeah, I've got my ideas. And cool, cool. Thank you. So Not that I'm going to be but I've got an opinion. Oh yeah, and we we would absolutely love to hear it. Hmm. You don't carry on. So Nathan, what do you, what are you thinking so far? Uh, I don't know. Thing is, I, I like I like Morga. I'm a big fan, but his whole thing was him coming back. So in law, it was pretty much he was strong and he would mutate things around, but he was easy to take down because we get it in his law that he was taken down multiple times and he would just keep coming back. So I wouldn't put him as perhaps one of the best fighters. His mutation stuff would probably be his uh, best weapon. Yet that would only probably be beneficial towards Frog. So I probably have to go for, for Frog here. Frog just sounds like the best fighter. Um, not only that, but like he, he can adapt and survive. Morga himself is more... You know when you just get... Like when you see those people that were on bath salts type of thing, it's just that. <laughs> oh man, that's a, that's, it's just that's a, that's a brutal, that's a brutal put down of Morgan. Yeah, You're saying just, he's just Florida man? <laughs> yeah, essentially, it's just that it, it's completely. That is super um, rude to Morgan. <laughs> How dare you compare him to the state of Florida? There is no rhyme or reason for him, barring when he was trying to go directly for the um. Uh, for the um, for the oak, uh, but other than that, he's just going to flail about and doing his thing. Whereas I think that Frog would probably just—he's taken bounce, he's taken down some big characters, mind you. Well, the the Sigvald thing was kind of out of the blue. I'd have to go with Frog. I think that Frog would probably win the fight. I think Frog would probably be able to think on how to fight and just smash the dude. Eventually, Morgo will come back, but I don't think that. But if you, if you die as... in the and you die in the duel, then you know you lose. <laughs> yeah, being immortal so, doesn't count. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with frog. I'm gonna have to go with frog. All right, so mm -hmm. I'm actually gonna go the other way. I'm gonna go with Morger. But here's here's my thoughts on it. Um, my thoughts. So we actually have seen that well, Morger can be a tough cookie in combat, uh, in that he's he's difficult to put down, in that like you know Orion has struggled to kill him. Uh, and uh, most notably, Koadil, the, the big uh, tree man who's kind of like Durthu's evil brother, Koadil tried to just crush him in his hands and he couldn't do it. Morger was like so tough and he just kept regenerating and he's like enough of a nuisance, like swinging a stick around, that Koadil couldn't do it. He was only able to just hold him until Ariel showed up and just obliterated him. 
Um, but the thing about uh, Morger is I think what would actually doom Throg is I think Morger would have a very high chance of screwing with Throg's brain. And that Throg, he, he is a smart, but he has a very tentative grasp on sanity. You know, that, that, that clip of becoming troll stupid is right there. <laughs> uh, and I think the thing is, is that um, Throg's regeneration, so as he's fighting Morger and they're exchanging hits, Morger is going to be, you know, cutting him, you know, stabbing him. Throg doesn't have any armor. Throg's purely relying on his region just like Morger is. But where Morger cannot have a bad mutation, Morger is always regenerating. He's literally the avatar of mutation. And there's no such thing as a bad mutation for Morger because he just keeps going. For Throg, there is such thing as a bad mutation. And I think because of him constantly regenerating while he's fighting Morger is very likely to make him mutate. And just being around Morger is also going to make him mutate like crazy. And even though Throg can adjust to the vast majority of mutations, I think the thing is, is it's kind of like if you're gambling. If you're rolling just crazy, even if the odds are in your favor, there's still like a pretty good chance that you might roll Snake Eyes. And if Throg gets that Snake Eyes where like maybe his he goes back to being stupid or he goes blind or, you know, who knows what, like one of his arms falls off, um, he's he's doomed because Morger will just keep on coming. Um, and whereas I think Throg has to kill Morger as quick as he can. Um, that being said, I could definitely see the other way. And the, the only thing I'm not sure about is how Throg's vomit would interact with Morger. Uh, because obviously if Throg used the vomit early in the fight and like, cause Throg can't vomit constantly. He can only do it every once in a while. Uh, depends so what you eat. Yeah. It, if Throg vomited too early and tried to hit him at range, it would totally bounce. Like Morgor would be fine. But if he got up really, really close and managed to grab Morgor and vomit on him, it might hurt him really bad. I'm not sure. Uh, it would be, uh, cause because it's magical in nature, it's kind of a toss-up how exactly it would interact with Morger. Um, it seems like it would work really well, but Morger might also just regenerate through it. Uh, I think for me, the biggest thing is that the skull weave constantly screaming and literally just being this piercing shriek that Throg would not be able to stop. Like, Throg doesn't have any answer to that. And he's going to have that constantly distracting him and stop him from thinking clearly. Because I don't know if anyone here has been around like a large screeching sound, but like you cannot think through that crap. <laughs> um, Bush music. Yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> man, you're just throwing shade at everybody today. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think for me, I, I think Morger has an easier road to success than Throg does, in my opinion. Fair. I think what will happen is the end of Scooby-Doo 2. And the troll will charge towards Morgar and will then eat the bastard. Because the one satisfying answer to a skull, if it's only the size of, uh, say, I don't know, um, a lollipop or a sweetie, is you put it in your mouth and you crush it. And uh, his stomach is magical. And as you've already stated, the troll can transform. But Morgar makes him transform more often. So therefore, he's going to develop many, many mouths and he's going to just eat the bastard. 
But there you go. It's just an opinion. That's a fair <laughs> point. Kind of like though. a Grom the Ponch type of situation. Yeah, like th yeah, that actually yeah. would be a Grom the Ponch scenario. <laughs> could again, could obviously, you have a recurring war because every time he then poops him out, um, well, they'll just go back at it again, won't they? It'd be a hilarious way for them both to die because so, they're not dying. They're just in this one patch of land, perpetually fighting. Who gets to eat the street the next? Are, are you are you familiar with Grom the Ponch, Voldemort? A little bit. Obviously, I've played the game. Um, I, again, my my I, you know my fantasy lore is bad. So his his but... scenario that we're referencing is the reason Grom got so big and so fat. Mm, yeah, that, he's edibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he ate a piece of troll flesh, and it was it started regenerating too fast. <laughs> so it was a race. Oh, of, it was a race of could he digest it faster than it regenerated? Because if yeah. it regenerated too much, it'd pop him like a balloon. Um, yeah. Grom was lucky and he won that fight, but actually, I didn't even think of that. If Throg ate Morger, could <laughs> would his stomach acid be able to outpace Morger's regeneration? That is a that's a pickle. <laughs> it's a well, if there was the answer, you knew I'd find it. Uh, mm -hmm. And also, I've got to admit, as people have mentioned in chat, yes, it, it's definitely very popular in chat. <laughs> oh, no, I like it. I like the idea. I like the idea. I really, it, it's, it's one of those law questions which just kind of throws you off, doesn't it? Yes. Well, you guys know a lot more about it than I would. I've just heard your description. I didn't even know who Morgar oh, was. Man. I'm telling you. Sorry. My, my, my knowledge on the fantasy is that bad at the moment. Well, if you ever want to try out a new campaign in Total War, Morgar is one of the playable Beastmen lads. He's oh, really fun. Man. He's yeah, very, he's really he's freakishly strong. He mm. is freakishly mm. strong, but uh, his uh, my son plays. Yeah, my son plays a uh, beastman quite a bit, and uh, I I didn't get on with it because of the the horde thing. Uh, I'm a builder. The DLT fixed that. Did it? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. They're right. so much better now. They're so mm. much better now. Yeah, because now you can now you can build hearthstones. And they're, they're playable. Cool. They're awesome. Yes. <laughs> yes. You did talk to me about that, but uh, I, yeah, it was a long day. I've done about 16 hours of making videos. And, you know, when your son's chatting at you, you're like, ah, yeah. Mm, mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, oh, wonderful. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. We'll play it next week. Yeah. Nathan, how, <laughs> so, did, how did your chat vote? Uh, I have Frog on 55%. All right, I've got, I, uh, for the Twitch chat for my side, we've got Morger at 61%. Ooh. So a nice, a nice split. Also, I just want to say, um, I'm so, I'm so bad with names, but the wonderful, wonderful gentleman who has consistent, literally every week been drawing art of our Who Would Wins. Please, <laughs> please don't make it awful. Like, we've talked about some potentially nasty scenarios here. Let's try and keep it. So I can retweet out. it. Are you try, actually asking try someone to keep the four under control. Oh, so tech, really? <laughs> yeah, you should never be controlled. <laughs> oh. We're never going to get oh, sponsors, Nathan. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah. Oh, this is great, though. Oh, give me a sec. I'm going to get some water. You guys carry on, because, like, I'd be laughing too much. Sure, dude. Uh, so, Baltimore, what have you been... Uh, you say you've been working... Have you... you have a video coming out anytime in the near future? Well, I release three a week for my sins. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> um, I don't know. Incredibly long hours and uh, hoping I don't fluff it. That's about it, really. 
I've got an incredibly, incredibly kind and patient uh, viewership. We'll put it that way. Oh man, I I love your stuff, dude. It's 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 genuinely like it's so good. It's just it's, just it, it's like much. a very very nice tasting Big Mac. It's not very complicated. It's not very satisfying, but it tastes good, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know where you're getting off with this not satisfying nonsense. It is the most satisfying. Again, though, I only do starter stuff. Uh, I'm not like you guys who go drilling right in down. Um, so maybe one year, but I'm just not up to it. And again, I, I read slowly. So getting through the entire Horus Heresy has been a bit of a, uh, a marathon and I'm still not even close. But in my defense, I would say that sometimes I take some nuances out of one book and know more from one book than some other people do from three. It's not me being intelligent or anything. It's just I actually really, really read them. So it's one of those things. Yeah, on a regular occasion, I'll stop reading and think, ooh, what does that actually mean? And then, you know, really go into it. So that's why the reading's not that slow, but the enjoyment of a book takes bloody ages. Sorry about that. That was a bit of a waffle. I'm going to shut up for a while. Hey, dude, you're fine. You don't need to I, apologize. I, 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 it's a talking show. That's what we do here. It's just talking. Yeah, I, I'm not used to them. I'm so sorry. Why? Is, <laughs> there's no reason to apologize. Stop apologizing. <laughs> sorry. Uh, and for anyone listening to this, whether you're in one of the chats or you're catching this later on the, the podcast stuff, Voldemort is so full of crap and he's lying. His stuff is amazing. And if you're not watching him, you're doing yourself a massive disservice. Indeed. But let's move especially, on. Especially uh, yeah, how formats his videos. Yeah, really. uh, especially if you're trying to get into 40k, which especially for a new person getting into 40k now, it can be a bit of a slog. So if you want to see your specific topics and so on, Baldy lays them out really well. It's just it's easy for people. Like I've only started recently getting back into 40k, and trust me, it helps. If or, you're trying to get into the lore. Yeah, or if you want good examples of how to do good storytelling. Yeah. absolute masterclass, like genuinely yeah. well th th those are roughly put together they're not actually good stop lying to people they just sound good uh, there's a difference i have to read this will <laughs> <laughs> all right so next up on our topic speaking of 40k that's where we're uh -huh. heading next so uh -huh. the thing we're actually going to talk about first is a really bizarre topic uh, to be frank, uh, that a lot of people either don't know about, or if they do know about it, they pretend they don't. <laughs> Which is that during the end times, there was a very famous handful of incidents that happened starting from the third book going uh, to the end. Which was that, for whatever reason, um, the authors of the end times, I guess because it was the end of the world and who cares if right, decided to put in a lot of cameos from various projects. And the ones that garnered the most attention and have kind of lived on in infamy were that the 40K universe actually made a couple of cameo appearances yes, during the end times of Warhammer Fantasy. Thankful, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, in Thankful yep. and also in Kane. Yes, and yes. So we're going to talk about those today and kind of talk about our thoughts on those little uh, story blips. So the first is one that has actually been talked about a fair bit um, in more recent years because there have been claims that it has been retconned. But I was actually looking into this fairly recently and I have not found any hard evidence of this retcon. 
which is that in Kane, there is a kind of a side quest that happens during the book where a group of elf characters led by Araloth, who is a wood elf special character, go into Nurgle's garden in the realm of chaos and they bust free the goddess Shalia, who was his pox fulcrum, so the thing he tested his plagues on, and replaced her with a with a with a fake, essentially. But during this quest, they ran into a very peculiar individual who was wearing large silver armor, fighting mm. demons. He was kind of crazy, and he was completely immortal. He could not That's be killed. Yeah. And this matches very, very well with a particular character uh, from the ever-infamous Grey Knights, the mm -hmm. extremely infamous character, Kaldor Drago, I think if I'm pronouncing it correctly. You are correct, yes. Mary Sue. <laughs> One of well, the no, most... No, no, no. Mary, Mary Sue's get-together, and with all of their combined ability in writing, write Kaldor Drago. <laughs> <laughs> He's a... To say he's a polarizing character might be a bit of an understatement, but he appeared, and as it states, he was literally invincible. There is a scene when the elves are leaving where Kaldor Drago has essentially been skewered like a shish kebab on some kind of large demon sword, and the elves are saying, oh, we have to help them. And their guide, who's a character from a different fantasy story, says, ah, he's fine. That, shit ha he that stuff happens to him all the time. He's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And so this moment was crazy for fantasy fans especially. But I imagine also for 40k fans, because just what? <laughs> and... Uh, in Age of Sigmar, there were a lot of rumors that, oh, no, no, it wasn't Keldor Drago. It was actually a Stormcast Eternal. Uh, That's what I heard. That's what I heard as well, because I, I checked it knowing that it was, this was coming up, and I saw the Stormcasting, and I was like, oh, that's bloody new, isn't it? When yeah, did that come? But I have not found any evidence of that being mm. an actual retcon, and it also doesn't make sense, because the thing is, Stormcast Eternals are very explicitly not immortal. If you stab mm -hmm. a Stormcast, he'll die. He just turns into lightning and flies away. So, as a lightning bolt. So, it has to be Kaldor Draco because he's the only character I know of who wears big silver armor and you can stab him many, many times in literal, literally the center of hell and he won't die. <laughs> so, <thoughts>? yeah, or, <laughs> or, or, or it's... It's a character they haven't developed yet because a lot of good writers or bad writers, whichever way you want to call it, righty types, chuck in things which they don't necessarily have any explanation for so they can call it foreshadowing for when they do develop it. So it could just be a pure banana skin thrown into the face of every, you know, onto the floor in front of every reader designed to just get people to talk. Caldor Drago, he fires blue flame, okay, possibly saw through the stomach yeah he comes back from that all of the time easily but is it caldor you would have thought that silver armor etc is one thing but you would have thought that they would have mentioned some of the other things like how incredibly wide he'd be um how the armor should make some kind of noise so they would say it was almost like tick tock uh, kind of i don't know duardin armor 
or something else like that. He, he there is, should be some kind described. of noise coming from the actual Space Marine uh, power armor, and they haven't really mentioned that, so I don't know. But again, that's just my opinion. I can see you're wincing there, Nathan. Go on, hit me. Go on. There are ways to think that, yeah, but keep in mind, uh, The End Times was incredibly rushed post-second uh, book. Because uh, first book started off okay. That's a century. Yeah, go on, sorry. Because, <laughs> like... They they went like re like they fucking forgot about Scar Snake, you know. It's just yeah. let's not end one of the storylines for one of the most important characters in the, in the history of the franchise. Yeah. Uh, second of, it could have been a callback to I believe was it Rogue Trader had an edition where you could play Warhammer Fantasy minis versus Warhammer Forty K minis as a whole. Uh, yeah, I mean timelines. There was a lot of weirdness going on in Road Trader, and it was a long, long time ago. But yeah. you'd also have some actual uh, options, uh, I believe. I can't remember which edition it was in Fantasy, where you could actually pick up things like a bolt pistol. Um, so that, that that's second, third, fourth edition. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah. But that's the rumor I was looking at the other day. Yeah, well, and there were, there were casual connections between Fantasy and 40K all the way until 7th edition. In 6th edition, I mean, at the end of 6th edition for the Albion Crisis, the rewards players got for the Albion Crisis were just 40k weapons. Like, it was literally yeah. like a power fist, uh, like yes. a, a, a bolt. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, it, it was very, it was very tongue-in-cheek. In 7th edition, they tried really hard to scrub away and get rid of a lot of those. But... Yeah, they separated it all out. But I mean, originally, when they were actually in the shops, you wouldn't have orcs, you'd have space orcs. They weren't dwarves or squats, they were space dwarves. They were space elves, uh, space marines. Everything was smegging space at the start. And mm -hmm. you, you get 36 satellite so dwarves, etc., or Imperial Guard in one big box. Uh, so, I mean, all of it definitely, definitely came from fantasy and again i wasn't quite sure when they actually broke away entirely but even in the late 90s they were saying yeah there's not that much of a connection and that meant made no sense but until you looked at say when they squatted the squats they were just trying to get an individual ip strength and an individual shape and image and not oh it's fantasy and space for warhammer 40k so they had to get rid of, say, Space Dwarves as much and, and other things as well as much as they could. But Eldar, the aesthetic was too strong. So as far as I could see, they couldn't. Yeah. And, Makes sense? Yeah. And, that, and that's for anyone listening that's maybe not familiar with the, the history between fantasy and 40K. Um, th there, is a, there is a really interesting story that we'll have to talk about one day, which is mm. very big on that. 40K originally was just fantasy, but 40,000 years in the future. <laughs> but it was fantasy. So you had all your favorite races. And a lot of them uh, changed significantly over the years, and they got separated much more heavily. Uh, but like you know, the Tyranids were originally lizardmen, <laughs> like, uh, and you can actually still see a lot of those really fun connections um, in like uh, how like the armies like play slash are designed. But um, going back to the the Calor Drago thing, uh, I think that also an important thing is to keep in mind who was writing that book. Uh, which, if memory serves, I think Kane was either written by Matt Ward or Josh Reynolds. Kane was Kane did uh, ah uh, Demon Prince of Undivided Ward did the did some of the Anarian stuff. Mm. Uh, which yeah, he did the Tyrion storyline. Yeah, which which. 
Caldor Drago is kind of Matt Ward's baby. Yeah, <laughs> so... yeah, he was, but they, they, oh come on, let's leave Wardy alone. He's taken a kicking for a decade. No, no, no I'm on. not saying that to throw shade at him. I'm saying that kind of a uh, like it makes it would make sense for that for it to be Caldor Drago. Like it's another point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh no, no, I do apologise. I, I thought we were just going to go into a massive rant because usually when anybody's had any coffee or anything else, I that name comes up and it's half an hour of spittle across the face. You know that 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 horse is has been beaten so far into the ground. I exactly. <laughs> no thanks. No just thanks. leave him alone. <laughs> He's done some good stuff. Like he wrote the didn't he do the storyline for Vermintide too? Um, maybe. But I mean, some of his eighth edition uh, Warhammer Fantasy writing was really good. Like the mm. the Lord, like I really enjoyed you know, how he expanded like the Elven Pantheon and a couple other things. Yeah, um, yeah. Like he, he's not all bad. It's just he, no. he, he marries with the Ultramarines. Yeah, Ooh. but we're not here to talk about him. <laughs> there's plenty. No, of no we're not. <laughs> if, if you want to learn about him, there's plenty of places you can go do for that. Yeah. Yes, yes. I want to say yes. Uh, Ward was a lot of uh, the heavy hand behind Vermintide Two, which is spectacular. Yeah, um, yeah. But um. But so 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 we have Caldor Drago, uh, or it's very likely Caldor Drago, um, which was a it's interesting like, one. It's likely to be a reference to him, but due to the situation and the time, etc., it just wasn't handled as well as it could be. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't it wasn't offensive. Like it was literally it was a it was an unnamed random character who showed up. He didn't do anything super important for the plot. All he did was he joined up with them. And when they tried to get into Nurgle's mansion, they were like, oh, we need a distraction to get past the guards. And he's like, I've got this. And he like ran in and started attacking all the demons. And then as yeah. they're leaving, they see him skewered and that's it. Like, that's all he does. <clears throat> but uh, so it's it's almost literally just a cameo. Uh, yeah. And then the other moment we see where 40K is very <laughs> deliberately mentioned is in Thankful. Where the Skaven invade the city of uh, uh, Slonhapek, and in the city of Slonhapek, which is the city of mists in Lustria, they manage to take it uh, while the Slon are all knocked out. And as they're going through all of its artifacts and messing with all these things, they find what the Skaven describe as a much more advanced version of a far squeaker. Which a far squeaker for the Skaven is basically like a long distance radio. And by long distance, I mean like continents, long distance, not like miles. But so. Two cans of a very long string. So they find this artifact, which is actually like a known artifact in the uh, Lizardman lore, because there's a skink priest that uses it in one of the old Lizardman army books, and he thinks he hears something in the Slon debate it for a while before deciding that now nah, he's an idiot. But yeah. the Skaven start messing with it. And they, like, are really messing with it, because you know how Skaven are. And apparently, they end up making contact with another race across the stars. And the race that they end up talking to, they don't understand what they're saying, but the book goes out of its way to establish that they're very, very elven in their dialect and language. So it's something extremely close to the elves of Warhammer Fantasy, which is a very, very, very heavy reference, of course, to the Eldar. Yeah. And the Skaven subsequently freak out, literally throw the device on the ground and shoot it with a bunch of guns. <laughs> you would blame them. <laughs> there was it's speaking another, Elvish. <laughs> there was another reference uh, round about one of the Nagash plot lines. Um, this is more of a direct reference. I remember someone 
It was one of the writers doing one of the uh, Reddit Ask Me Anythings, uh, mm. but it was uh, Nagash when he goes into that monologue about wanting to devour the Chaos Gods and become a god in his own right. Mm. Uh, he wanted to... He makes direct reference to the universe of 40,000 saying that the, the Chaos Gods work in multi... Uh, different universes and so on so it was kind of like a nod saying that the same chaos gods there are the same chaos gods here yeah yeah there's there's a uh there's a notable it's actually not just in the gash it's brought up a couple times throughout the storyline uh particularly in the gash and in archaeon it's talked about a lot in the last book of uh, that the dark gods um uh, are not one of the things the end times introduced which gets super duper messy from a lore standpoint is the concept that the dark gods are not limited to just the fantasy planet, which they are in the older lore? Um, of like, if you're looking at like sixth edition forward, you just—it's like you just have the Warhammer fantasy planet essentially in a nutshell. Um, but the dark gods are instead on many planets across many galaxies, and the idea is brought up that they're even in across multiple realities, which is very likely of um one of a popular fan theory which it for for my taste it gets too messy but it does make sense is the idea that because the realm of chaos is literally a different dimension if the dark gods have broken through multiple dimensions then in every dimension they would be perceived extremely differently uh they would you know show up in different forms or they would have different histories different personalities different stuff uh, because they would be a reflection of that universe as opposed to the universe you're in um which is a it's, it's it's not an impossible theory i think it gets very messy very quickly um but uh the end times leaned very heavily on that for some of the stuff it was looking at it's a it's, a, it's an odd thing but i think it's just uh again there was it's the hints but no direction then again we are talking about the end times so yeah, well, and, and the thing is, the end times, the, the best way I can describe its its creation is essentially someone <laughs> wrote, like, a super vague, like, drew a line on a board and was like, okay, this has to happen here, this has to happen here, and just did that down the line and said, just get to that point, and you, you, have, you have five months, get it done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, because for how large those books are, they were printed horrifyingly fast. Yeah. I mean, one, I think my uh the Glockin novella uh has spelling mistakes. Well, like re the no, dude, don't even give me yeah. don't even give me started on novellas. Which yeah, no, but even in the codices, there are horrific grammatical and syntax errors. That's just human um, error. Um, it's one of those things. Um, and it's Games Workshop. They're like a, a drunk uncle. Sometimes they do things you go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and sometimes they do things where you go, oh, that, mm, so yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a shame sometimes, though, because I, I, it, was, it was this weird, uh, it was this weird thing that just threw me off I had to keep reading it again um it's a good book though like the glockin storyline is is very like for end time standard i wouldn't even call that an end time story because it was actually really fucking well written <laughs> the most the most bizarre thing about it is that it, here's the thing about the novellas that's the problem with them is that if you read the novella and then you read like the big book that it's supposed to go with 
they're completely different stories. Yeah. <laughs> they cover the same <laughs> events, but they're completely different stories. Like the characters mm. act completely different. They have different mannerisms. Like it's yeah. like you could tell that two different authors were given the same thing and they did yeah. not have any time. Like they were just writing as fast as they could. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, these days we've got Skype and all the rest of it to talk to each other. Again, I don't I don't never blame the writer. I blame the editors. Oh, yeah, not no. saying, yeah, dude, sorry, seriously, he, he doesn't have three eyes. No. You know, little no. things like that. You yeah, know? The, writers, the writers did a great job. It's it's people upstairs telling them, this is your deadline, get it done. And, yeah. like, that's just not humanly possible. No, no. Like, the a, writers literally had... Done right. that, yeah. For, for, as far as I'm concerned, I genuinely believe that Games Workshop for the End Times just had writers tied down to chairs with cattle prods next to them <laughs> it's just right faster <laughs> but um yeah i think we've all seen that video um <laughs> yeah, he knows the one i'm nice <laughs> it's classic it's a classic <laughs> but uh so going from there another thing we wanted to kind of talk about with 40k and i think this will be really fun to have baltimore's input on is that a, a really popular thing to discuss, I think, for any fan of fantasy or 40K or anyone familiar with the settings, is discussing, uh, kind of taking inspiration from the end times, what would happen or what would be some of the interesting notes if the fantasy universe was actually in the 40K universe and they had the ability to interact with each other? yeah it would be bad which i i mean i think for me the two things that stand out the most that would be like crazy earth shaking would be skaven skaven mm. let loose in the 40k universe would get real bad real quick <laughs> that'd be bad for everybody I see what you mean, but realistically the orcs in warhammer fantasy unless i'm really wrong are not the orcs in in warhammer 40k uh and the 40k orcs were out maneuver out made and out um multiply even the skaven because of their spore-like nature so have they already got them yes they're called the orcs <laughs> I, I think the important thing to note about the skaven that gets wonky is that the skate i mean we're dealing with a race that managed to take renaissance era technology and created <laughs> doomsday engines that could wreck planets and they created an orbital ray that dragged the moon closer to the earth with renaissance tech <laughs> if you let yeah. them lose no, no, that is fair that is fair but warhammer 40 orcs if you get more than 10 of them in an area they kill each other the numbers go up until finally they're creating attack moons so i'll raise your ring with attack moons teleporting across, across uh, space and appearing above pl uh, planet earth so uh, in comparison, uh, when it comes to the Skaven breeding, uh, the population of, say, for example, just the Skaven in the Warhammer Fantasy world would be comparable to possibly Hive World Necromunda. No, absolutely. I totally get that. And I'm not saying that the Skaven aren't great. They are. But the Orcs in 40k are far more prolific. They're the most numerous race in the galaxy. And, yeah, and wipe them out when I'm, you kill a, when you wipe out all the skaven they're dead you kill every orc in the existence they come back in a, less than a year 
Yeah, I'm not. Hmm. I'm not as uh too worried about like like a like a like who would win in a fight type scenario. More of like hmm. if you took the fantasy races and you were like, okay, you exist in 40k now, and they were able to like hmm. spread. What would the consequences of that be? Like, how oh, would they right. interact with the universe? Would it yeah. be interesting? Because like some races, I don't think would be super interesting. Like you know, empire dwarves, high elves, dark elves, and man, whatever. But like the Skaven would be super interesting. Uh, I think they would adjust very quickly and get very scary. I think another race that would actually be terrifying for 40k would be the Vampire Counts. Like, a race that can take anything that's dead and resurrect it is a True. pretty crazy True. player I mean, to add into the game. Yeah. I mean, we used to have vampires in Rogue Trader. It was much yes. more of a kind of RPG. And you used to have them. Uh, I can't remember the stats off the top of my head. It has been 30 plus years. But um, they weren't they weren't easy to destroy. Um, things like that, um, people will say, yeah, 40K will not have a good time. But then after that, anyone who knows a little bit more about 40K says, well, they're, they're a dog's dinner compared to Dominators and the, um, oh, they're later called the Psych Nguyen. Um, but basically, how to put this? Um, the controllers, uh, again, because it's late on a Sunday, I'm sorry, but there is a race that which pretty much wiped out the old ones at the beginning of time. And oh, yeah, I've heard, yeah, of, them. I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you've heard of them, and um, and they're just as ludicrously dangerous. I think, I think as well, the Nephilim were similar, but I'd have to check on that. But they, they've dealt with things like vampire situations on a regular basis. Um, they're just not tough enough because everything is trumped by a bolter. Boom, uh, someone in, someone in chat suggests building. that they were called enslavers? Yes, yeah. thank, you, thank you very much. Absolutely, enslavers. Uh, really knocked the, the crap out of the old ones so they lost the war in heaven. So uh, here's a question for both of you guys, especially since y'all are much more into 40k stuff, is that if if you could pick one of the fantasy races, just pick up, and they wouldn't, like, not, like, literally just as they are, but 40k of five of them so they would match the rest of the setting. You only get one. Who is the race that you would pick up and drop in as a player into the 40k universe? Well, that's a great question. You go first, Nathan. You know about this one. With I the think. same mentality as they would have in fantasy, just brought into 40k, yeah? Yeah, so, like, they have, they have their same theming, but update them to 40k's scale and, like, capabilities. Damn. Skaven, no question. Imagine, imagine fucking Clan Mulder with loads and loads of different warp stone technology, yeah, and then trying to bioengineer Tyranids. Like, oh, I'm sure that would go well. <laughs> imagine the complete and absolute fuckery that would just bring in. You have Throt the Unclean explaining to the Council of Thirteen why the fusing orc into Tyranid with warp stone. Worked technically, <laughs> but we also have a problem. Because <laughs> it's pure raw chaos. I mean, we we've we've got a bit of law of uh Tyranids attacking demon worlds, don't we, Baldy? Um they've they've had a ruck before, if memory serves, but they basically called it a no neither of them can win. Because the Tyranids haven't got anything to eat, and Chaos has nothing to eat either, because they don't have a soul. So, so they can't say, you know, so basically they can destroy each other, but they don't have any horse in the race. Okay, but how so, would that work with Warpstone then, uh, considering it's solidified and edible? 
uh, well, edible yeah. if you... That could be a real problem for Niddy. Uh, we don't really know how the hive mind works. We don't know if it's individual hive minds or one overall hive mind. Oh, and yeah. that can completely screw them up. You could be looking at a Picard situation, whereas um, in Star Trek, they had a trap that they were going to put into the Borg, which would have completely broken them down. I'm not sure if that kind of thing, it wouldn't actually be possible... Um, and yeah, it would be absolutely wonderful to hear that that kind of nuance happening. Um, but I mean, there have been other events, whereas uh, chaos has absolutely annihilated a large high fleet, which was done over Baal, when uh, basically, basically Korn's Kabanda said, nah, Nids are not taking out the Blood Angels. They're my dinner. Oh, Kabanda. Oh, yeah. I almost annihilated. Forgot annihilated an entire moon full of nids and put them in lovely cornate patterns wonderful stuff we, we okay real quick real quick we gotta talk about kabanda i forgot we have to talk about kabanda yeah, so, yeah. so in the end times probably the most infamous thing that happened because it actually changed <laughs> it was actually very plot important is that archaeon summons kabanda <laughs> in the yeah. last book of the end times for out of nowhere, like a character who has never existed in fantasy has nothing to do with fantasy. He's like, you know, he's like the big hate boner guy for the Blood Angels. He comes, he just pops out <laughs> and ends yeah. up Absolutely. like, not only does he trash Athel Lauren, he kills mm. one of the incarnates, he kills Kara Dryan uh, oh, in geez. a duel, and he's like, he's basically just unstoppable until. Sigmar gets his stupid hammer back and then Sigmar just one-shots him because Sigmar. <laughs> but, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. someone in the chat's right. I, I didn't forget Kabanda. I repressed Kabanda. <laughs> yeah. such a weird... I mean, we've got so many of the major demons wandering around now. Um, obviously, we have, you know, the, the first ever chosen who just goes on a potty break wherever he likes in the universe, doesn't he? I feel like crapping in the age of Sigmar. There we go. Oh, I'll, I'll go for a dump on the Warhammer 40 universe. There we go. So, I mean, there's quite a few of them bombing around now, which are almost intersectional, aren't they, really? Yeah, because oh, you guys... Yeah, talking about Belcourt. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, Kaban, Kaban, I was, Kaban was just super weird because, like, yeah. we have the big bad fantasy demon, which is Scarbrand for us. Like, in fantasy, Scarbrand is the big bad. Well, no, uh, but he's come across now. You can even play him in Warhammer 40k. They haven't made too much of a big deal out of it. But, I mean, I've got to admit, I, I nearly lost my temper at the manager in the uh, games workshop. So I went in to buy it, and I reserved it, and he, he sold it. I, it's the closest oh I've been God. Yeah, it's the closest I've been to punching a manager in about 20 years. Um, obviously, so... I would not have. But, um, yeah, it's annoying. That's super rude. <laughs> like... I, I was not the happy man. But I walked out with a mutilat, so, you know, can't argue, really. Oh, I love those Vortex beasts. I love them. Lovely. They're so yeah. fun. How do I feel about Bellacore and 40k and fantasy? Uh, I mean... I, I love Bellacor as a fantasy fan. I don't know why mm. he's in 40k. He barely makes any sense in 40k, in my opinion. But because mm. he's he's a fantasy character, like he's in 40k, but it's not really where he, like that's not his scene, so to speak. No, but we've got the unifying factor now. We don't have just one world. We have three. 
And all of the unifying factors have been, in my mind, um, you know, the chaos gods, etc., etc. I mean, for me, as I stated in recent law videos, I personally believe, because we don't see the genesis of them in fantasy, and obviously not in Age of Sigma, because they've already run the war. The only place you do actually see their genesis is actually in the war, the, the Grimdark. So what I personally believe is that, um, I don't know, read a comic called Zenith. Um, it's a 2000 AD thing. Give that a good go. But the amazing thing happens that the good guys go all the way through the story. And at the very end, it turns out they are the bad guys. They become the Loy Gore because as soon as they ascend, they go outside of time. So realistically, as soon as they are created in the warp, they exist at all points within the warp and all times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So therefore... It doesn't matter when you're burst in the warp. You always exist. It's like all of the older demons and other things which have been destroyed do not exist now. So everything in the warp almost has a, a lack of object permanency. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Going on there. So I, I was actually I was on the verge of writing last week and having loads of characters from both setting sitting around corner as his generals and talking. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you're Lord of the North, you know, you're a Stark and obviously our, our lad here is uh, from dawn down the bottom. You go to King's Landing, the throne of corn, you talk it all over and then you are sent back to your own dimensions to go and kick ass in the way you should. But there's no real reason, effectively, you couldn't hop from one area to another because the warp connects all. And that has been irrefutably proven. Yeah, and anyway. that's 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 what i was uh talking about um earlier about the whole thing of like yes i'm just gonna say yes yeah. <laughs> otherwise we'll be here forever um so baltimore did did you have a pick for if you could pick any of the fancy races and lizard men lizard men because i want i want slan back uh, and i've been looking at the lizard men uh, i bought half the range at one point um, to change back into slan, give them all bolters and lance guns, etc., and have a bit of a laugh. But um, then after that, unfortunately, my bank manager looked at me and said, "No, you are bad." So I had to, <laughs> I had to sell it all. We're cutting um, you off. <laughs> it, it wasn't a good moment. No, um, explaining how much I put them on eBay, etc., to Mrs. B was not helpful either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah. I, I would have the Lizardmen because also you've got the slang connection. Um, it would be absolutely fantastic. And some of those models are just gagging to have Eldar put on the top as Exodites. Why they keep dick teasing us with Exodites, I don't know. The last straw for me with all of it was when I saw a little video and it said the Exodite. And I thought, finally, they're going to do an animation about Exodite. <laughs> no, it's about a towel. Then why did you call it that? You <laughs> bastards. So, you know, um, one of those things. I did when say Eldar finally get new miniatures, we're going to have to keep up, like, just make sure that you don't die out of excitement. <laughs> well, out of fight, uh, Fair 212 has got a quite a lovely list up uh, stating what could be coming. Again, I, I, I can't believe in anything at the moment um, <laughs> because it's just been too long. But uh, Eldar desperately, desperately need those new models. And again, the thing that's annoying for me, though, is get a Dread Saurian, take off all of the other stuff, put an elf on the top, give him a huge bright lance or three, 
what 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 is what is the what is the question here what is the situation we're talking zero need to convert or do heavy manipulation here they're all working from cad they could do that in a fucking week and get it out within a year and they could and they just won't do it because it's space marine space marine space marines okay right i'm turning into a whiny bitch i'm sorry about that it's been an hour and a half since i've had a fag cigarette cigarette is what it means in england Okay, uh, someone else talk for a while while I shut up. Oh, we're <laughs> actually coming into the. Uh, th- this is a good segue into uh, into the uh, the next topic, which was the whole forty k discussion, and how things are going. Because obviously, uh, there is a lot of space marine love, and that is absolutely certain. Uh, <laughs> but it's only loyalist, which is fucking annoying. Uh, because I, I, I like uh, I play Tau, I play mm. Chaos Space Marines. Uh, I like Loyalists too, don't get me wrong, but it is... Oh, my cats are fighting. <laughs> but it is ridiculous as to how there is just a pure love for Loyalists, and there's rumours of more Loyalist stuff coming, mm. but yet there's some really cool rumours coming in the woodwork for Chaos, uh, for example. We've all heard those rumours recently, I'm, I'm assuming we have, about the uh, Traitor Guardsman. Yep. I mean, that, that sounds very, very interesting. Uh, then we're obviously, um, we've obviously heard rumors about uh, new Eldar minis. We've seen new Tau stuff already. Well, it's just mm-hmm. an upgrade pack, but an upgrade pack is better than nothing. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's very... Obviously, we have to take into account like with what's happening with Age of Sigma at the moment. COVID has screwed the addition over. Mm, without doubt. But I mean, I mean, I'd like everyone to step back for a second. OK, OK, you're walking around in your hometown and it's got five McDonald's in it. OK, mm-hmm. and you think everything's bloody McDonald's now. And you kind of miss the fact that three really good restaurants have opened up in your area because you see all the McDonald's. And that's how it is with Warhammer 40K. Everyone concentrates on the amount of Space Marines that have been coming out. That's the bread and butter. That's never, ever, ever going to change okay that's never going to change that is their bedrock that is their profit margin that is it everything else is fluff and everything else is cakes and biscuits yeah it's the afters but realistically actually if you look over the last five years because everyone's looking at the space marines and going oh i don't have 50 new models in my range it's poop now everything i'm saying does not count for eldar okay We, we know that but most of the others in the last five years have had a storming time. Yeah. Storming I mean, time. They just don't have anything compared to the numbers of the Space Marines. Now, if you actually look at Necrons, complete, I mean, they didn't do a 100% re- refix of everything. Yeah. But most of the models they've made in the last six or seven years have been really good. And then yeah. what they've done is they've taken the, you know, a 14, 15 extra models has really rounded out the entire range and they've done that with a load of things i mean dark elder are nothing to be sniffed out they're still phenomenal models mm-hmm. tower had all right fair enough five years ago six years ago you can say oh it's a very very long time that they've had anything and that's true um but again they're not bad unto themselves in the first place they're not that old some of the models 
So if you take away, okay, there's always a rich kid in class who can go to Barbados every year, then goes to Switzerland three times a year, etc. If you take him out of the classroom, most of the armies have actually had quite a bit come through over the last four or five years, six, and I think a lot of them are in a really good position. There's just there's that one kid in the classroom who always gets everything and it can create a lot of jealousy. But if you look at compared to their actual previous releases and the time span that they were turning things around in, everyone would be up in arms saying, guys, you're knocking out of the park. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, even just with Ninth, we've seen a massive rework to the Necrons, which the models look great. Uh, the Orcs have just recently had a lot of really cool stuff too, which... Yeah, I know, but even then, a couple of years ago, we also had the uh, all of the, um, you know, the Snans wagons and all of the rest of it. They oversold it, though. They said that it's going to be October, it's going to be wall-to-wall -wall Orcs, and it wasn't. Yeah. If they hadn't hyped up so much and just said, dudes, we have some amazing Orcs coming out, mm -hmm. then it would have been okay. And yeah. um, it's like... Yeah, Imperial Guard and others could really use with a couple more models, but we know they're coming. Yeah. Krieg, is, Krieg is here. And uh, then after that, they're going to back it up, I would imagine they'd have to be suicidal, well, daft not to. Um, so are things perfect? No. Uh... Ooh, they're not. But there again, Stormcast Eternals had about three years when they were getting everything in Age of Sigma, didn't they? Does that make sense? What I've noticed, and possibly uh, Sotek's the better, yeah, Sotek is definitely the better judge here uh, for this. Just give me one second. I'm getting another one of those weird sex bots popping up. I'm freaking. You gotta clear your browser history before streams. Yeah, <laughs> it's every chat. It's every chat. What you so, get for uh, being a Slanesh fan? That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> you did this for yourself. So he's, what, a, what, he's a major killer. So, uh, yeah, sorry, I, was, I won't say that. Come on. What I understand on the uh, the difference here is a lot of love goes to Space Marines, and it's Space Marines are center stage. Now, what I've understood so far from Age of Sigma is they'll center stage them at the beginning of an edition, mm. and then they'll give a lot of love to different races and factions. Is that correct? So uh, it has. So first edition, no, but first first yeah. edition also sold very poorly. And was like not good. It had a lot of problems. And they released Stormcast yeah. Eternals like three times during first edition. Mm. And a lot of people didn't like that. Um, second second edition, Stormcast got a release at the beginning. That was it. They didn't get anything else. That was mm. it. It was over. You got Stormcast. Mm. And like, you know, they got some like war bands for like underworlds, but like, you know, that's very minor. That's a side game. Uh, and yeah. it, it, that turned out spectacular. Um, yeah. Now, going into 3rd edition, Stormcast got another big release um, at the start of 3rd edition, and I'm hoping they do what they did in 2nd. 2nd edition almost entirely was just gold. Like, it was just a great edition. Um, mm. And that it was super fun. Like, there were tons of factions, tons of armies. Um, some things weren't as good as we would have liked, but a lot of the factions had amazing releases. And, uh, yeah, like, Stormcast, do it once and you're done. Like, the, the thing is, is that, like, even if you are a Stormcast player, here's what here's the thing that I always don't get about Space Marine players, personally, is that if you're a Space Marine player or a Stormcast player, you should want only one big release. Because if you get one big release every edition, A, you know the toys you're going to get are going to be awesome because you're only getting one, so they're going to go all out on it. 
And then once you've got everything and they start focusing on all these other races, that means when you go to play your damn game, you have something besides Space Marines to fight. <laughs> you have other armies that are also as good as your army and look as good as your army, but they're different. So the tables are exciting and fun. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't understand how Space Marine players get all... But, uh, like, like their, their monopoly seems like it would be so boring. I'd, I'll tell you why. It's very, very simple. You probably don't get the same codex creep that you do in Age of, uh, in Age of Sigmar that you do in Warhammer 40k. So what we've seen over the last three editions, or no, yeah, three editions is they do Space Marines early, very, very early, so they can then sell you another codex later on in the edition, near its end. They get to sell you two codices. And if you play any of the sub-factions, obviously like Blood Angels, etc., that's another book you've got to buy. So you're going minimum of three books by the end of an edition. That's without the campaign books, etc., that you get in Warhammer 40k. It is an easy way to get you to go back to the trough again and again and again. And sometimes they'll sell you a second book for a faction and it will be complete and utter garbage chaos yes, space marines one and two two books same art by the way same art i'm curious do y'all do y'all think so for ninth edition for 40k i could be totally wrong but it almost looks like they're doing more of okay here's your giant space marine book but instead of saying okay we're gonna do another space marine book now they're being like ah ah ah, ah it's not space marines it's Black Templars. No, no, no. The main book for Space Marines allows you to play basic rules. Yeah? yeah. And then after that, you then, if you want to play Black Templars or, uh, you know, Blood Angels or any of the others, you then get the supplement. Yeah. So I personally believe that if they really were going as extreme as they could, they wouldn't just release... And uh, you know, a Space Marines Codex at the beginning of a co of, of a run, and say the supplementals, they would do it as well. If they could possibly get away with it, they would also do it at the end of the edition too. The problem is, uh, this, like he said, he put there's a lot of love for the Space Marines because it will sell. Yeah. Uh, Chaos Space Marines are very popular, and Chaos Space Marines literally only need one errata. Oh, one I know. Errata. I know, two, I know. Two, two, two fucking wounds. wounds. That's yeah. it. Two, wounds. Yeah. two, two fucking wounds. wounds. Oh yeah. boy. <laughs> and it's not happened. It, 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 yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. I, I, I will say, I, Age of Sigmar so far is like, it's going great. <laughs> to be honest, things are, gro yeah. things are gravy these days. Um, yeah. I, I hope the old world is very similar. Uh, a part of me is a little worried that like the Empire looks like it's going to be three factions instead of just one faction. But we'll have to mm. wait and see. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I do not envy, and, and it's sad too because like it 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 sucks for everybody in 40k because either you're not a space ring player and you're super duper frustrated to how you never get any support or your stuff isn't as good, or you are a space ring player and you are being nickled and dimed out the ass <laughs> for like everything. True. But you don't have to buy everything all yeah. of the time. Another thing is that people forget at every single junction, because uh, at the beginning, uh, end of eighth, beginning of ninth, they said, look, we brought in a tournament organizer to help us. And literally, my jaw hit the ground. I went, 
Oh, good God. I'm not against tournaments. Don't get me wrong. But when you open up the new codices, you know, before you'd have sorry, the fluff, then the overall rules for the army, then the individual rules for the characters, and then you'd have, like, the artifacts and stuff at the back. Now, half of the book is rules. Yeah. And, oh, you've got to pick your faction. Then you've got to pick your sub-faction. Then you've got to pick your artifacts, your warlord traits, and all the rest of these things. But you've got about four more stages. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, we all know what happens. Games Workshop makes a very powerful codex for one month. They already know how they're going to nerf it, but they just basically dog whistle the tournament scene. Tournament scene, go out, buy an army. Then one month later, they buy the next army. It's just really unfortunate that they don't see it as a game. They don't see it as an addition. They don't see it as a hobby. They see it purely as a way to extract money as fast as possible. And sure, they should definitely get paid. They should definitely get money. But they know what they're doing. The problem I have now is that the entire book is, is run like, OK, you need to be a tournament player to really drill down into all of this instead of a casual. Because a casual... You can read one half of the rules and then play, they say. But they're spread out all over the place. So it's actually getting very messy. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, 8th edition was a streamlining of the rules so you got younger players in. And then you do this. What is your market? What is your demograph? And what are you doing? Because at the moment, I'm getting whiplash from the amount of changes, not in rules, but in direction from Games Workshop's Warhammer 40k games. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Uh, like, say, for example, every codex that you buy now has a section dedicated to uh, Warhammer Crusade. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like Crusade. I've actually played a few games. Uh, it's, it's, it's thematic. It, it takes you back to a more fifth edition feel for Warhammer Fantasy, in a sense. But... Um, like it's not a tournament game, uh, so it brings you. It, they should have just had Crusade as one side book rather than flop it in there. Because uh, a lot of things, like you say, you know, it's missing a lot of fluff. And this is why I love these books because there's yeah, fluff. fluff. Yeah, and it gets you to know your army because you want to be invested in it. And yes, the novels do do a lot of that too. But mm. the problem is, uh, a novel will give you a bit of information. And it won't give you everything. Whereas this, it will give you footnotes on everything. So say, for example, uh, if this was a Space Marine book, this would say from the Primarch Project, Robotic uh, Elliman, uh, a few sub-factions, uh, um, second foundings, third foundings, all that. And a little bit of fluff to get you to know this is an Ultramarines book. You know, say, for example, uh, it needs more fluff. And this is why I like the battle tomes for Age of Sigma, because they've kept that purity of what they're, they're very fluffy they're yeah. super fluffy this, this is the problem lads because exactly as nathan's saying warhammer 40k because of the amount of rules they have had to drop half of the fluff yeah and it's a shame you not look up a unit and get half a page on it mm -hmm. you get a sidebar 30 yeah. word yeah and it's fine for us and again, I was thinking when I actually read the first codex like that, I hope they're not all like this. And then I thought, are you literally just going to put my name and other people's beginner channels to explain all of the units and what they do then? Um, their, their history. 
uh, because you've not done it. And there's no, I was expecting some kind of book as in you know, the, the units of Warhammer 40k or the Space Marines or whatever else. And they've yeah. not done that either. So basically they said, this is a game, forget the fluff. Because from my perspective at the pr- present moment, they seem to be very, very anti the fluff. They write the books, but they're Horus Heresy. Yeah. Um, and they, they're eradicating it because... When they don't do their homework, they do mess up. Not the writer, the editor, okay? The guy who's supposed to know what's going in these books. They don't do it right. And they get so much stick. I think they've just turned around and said, sod it. If they want to know, they can go online on YouTube. And I'm like, what is your problem, guys? There's a there's nine-year-old, there's a 13-year-old sitting in a room looking at a picture going, that's cool. But there's not something that then goes with it that makes them go, Oh my God, that's cool! You see what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that, I mean. So, are they playing? Are they making it for tournament players, or are they making it for new players? Because this edition doesn't do either well. It's just my opinion, though. Yeah. Well, no, and I, I think that's a fair criticism. I'm actually really sad to hear that about the 40k books. Because, um, yeah. like, I like I've been reading the new third edition um, AOS books, and like I actually really like their design. In that, literally, a front half of the book is just pure lore. There's, mm. there's, it's just, it's just lore, and it literally yeah. is like, okay, here's all the lore about how this faction like looks, operates, and thinks. Here is now a detailed story look back at their timeline. All right, mm. here is now lore about every single special character and every single unit gets at least a page of lore, no matter mm. how many war scrolls there are. There's like. There's like 90 war scrolls or 90 like things you can take in the Stormcast book. That's why the book yeah. is 200 pages. <laughs> because there's no, over 100 imagine, pages. Of, there's just 100 I pages know. of lore. <laughs> I know. But then imagine the next book you buy will be 60 pages of lore and the rest of it is all just rules. How would you feel? Well, yeah, no, that would, that would suck. And like, I mean, they've even taken out the chronologies from the, the codices in Warhammer 40k. Yeah. What, I hate doing them. I find them really tedious because I've read them a million times. But I'm actually recording them and putting it out there at the moment because they're not available to new players. They are not there. It's, it's something which uh, is becoming an issue. And it does worry me uh, for future editions of maybe Age of Sigma or mm. even the Old World because mm. when, when it comes to the Old World thing, there's going to be a lot of new players and they need to know these things. And yeah, of course, there's people like myself and Sotek, but like uh, some of them don't go on YouTube. Some of them just prefer to read the book themselves and they're yeah. going to get no information from the book. Yeah, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel safe about AOS right now because I, I feel like the edition just started. They're probably going to stick to the standard they've set with the two new books and the, the new books are great. Um. Yeah. Uh, the old world, the old world's gonna be really interesting. Like I, I think for them, they're want they're going to want to go crazy heavy on the lore because that's <laughs> where they think the interest is. Like I don't, well, I honestly, it's, I, I think... it's a new universe. Realistically, it's a totally different t- time period to get everybody actually enthused and uh, overwrite what you know. Forget everything you know. Um, you know to overwrite everything that's already there. They're going to have to go in with some of the heaviest law and the best law ever written because otherwise they're going to look stupid. 
and I don't want them to do that. I don't want them to look stupid. I want them to succeed. So, but they've got to go in heavy with this law here. The, the era of the three uh, emperors is not that well known, as far as I know. Uh, yeah. Well, so the the era we're going into is going to focus more around uh, the Great War against Chaos, which we, it's like literally one of the most important moments in Warhammer Fantasy, and there is nothing on it. Like it is, yeah. Games Workshop just skipped it always. Like they they would very broad brushstroke, like this is kind of what happened, and that's it. There are no details. So like it's literally an open book for them to do whatever they want. Mm. The most you get from it in terms of law is possibly the rpg book for kislev because obviously that had to deal with a, a lot of the fighting was in kislev yeah mm. that's over 20 years old now yeah um and like kislev is going to be playable crazy <laughs> crazy crazy good <laughs> oh yeah no i'm excited but it's like oh wow. yeah there's going to be a weird like thing with kislev like i love kislev but then if we're seeing like I don't know, man. Every time I saw a, a bear in the trailer, I died inside. Fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Listen, so many bears. Less, it, it'll be fine. Like, they, they hear everybody complaining. It'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. All right. Um, or did I just copy the mantic bears? Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> like, and like, here, just, just don't put your guys on bears. Like, <laughs> it's fine. You can just, just not take that option. It's fine. Um, I just want, I just need Katarina to get her sled. I don't even give a shit about the other stuff. I just need her sled. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, it's, so maybe to kind of give a positive angle for anyone listening, is there any stuff maybe coming up in the future about 40K that y'all are super excited and looking forward to? Like, is there anything that y'all have heard about? Any rumors on the horizon that you're looking at? Whoa, 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 whoa. Just because I'm an old sod who occasionally has a moan, I will refer back to being English. This is, you know, it's my God-given right to moan. Um, <laughs> are there good things coming up? When are there not good things coming up? I mean, the amount of models that come out on a regular basis for most sets um, you'd be happy with. Obviously, you're very well situated. I mean, at any time, they could bring back any of the Loyalist or, or a Demon um, Primarchs. There are strong rumours we're going to get Eldar coming. And even if we don't, there are strong rumours we're going to get uh, the Quornates the themselves. What's going on? Obviously, when you look at Marathi, uh, the figure, all you have to say to yourself is, surely that's Fulgrim, really? I mean, that <laughs> can't, it can't be too far away. I mean, they're bringing out a lot of books. They're really kicking in. I mean, some of the most exciting stuff's happening 30K, probably, because we're coming to the end of that run. And it's going to actually be seismic across the entirety of Warhammer 40K, because it's very, very likely, almost 100% guaranteed that they're going to put in changes and subvert expectations whether you like that or not when it comes down to the conclusion to the siege of terror and that will change things so is this something exciting to be honest most weeks um all right fair enough if you don't like space marines most months then but are they knocking out the park yes they are and that's while they've got covid going sorry the situation going on and other things so uh, I, I, you can moan all day for hours on end, but is is it is the future bright? Yeah, it is. It's really good. What? The models are fantastic. Carry on. Sorry. What, what are you most excited to see? <laughs> pick, pick one. Eldar. Uh, if they had new Eldar. Eldar, I would like to see an avatar of Kane that could walk and 
chew gum at the same time. I'd like a big model, something akin to, say, the Silent King. I would like something absolutely horrific. And they're also talking about some of the uh, non-released Phoenix Lords coming out, like Locosa Day of the Warp Spiders. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. All my moaning aside, again, you just have to put that off to being British. Uh, is Warhammer 40k in a strong place? Yes. Yes, it bloody well is. Oh, well, it's that, looking great. That's just being like a fan of anything Games Workshop does. Like if you're if you're a fan of something Games Workshop does, you probably love it, but you're also you're also probably bitching about it <laughs> most of the time. That's the just, it's just the way it is. We see, we see what they're capable of. Yeah, so exactly. So when they're in their butts and sit down on them for the rest of the time, you're like. Oh, come on. Just take one guy off Space Marines. Just one guy and get making other things. <laughs> so, but again, that, that's why we get frustrated with them because when they when they do it right, they knock it out of the path and there's not a company on the planet that can touch them with a barge pole. When they do it wrong, every other company goes, again, drunk Uncle GW. When they're great, they're the center of attention. They're the life of the party. When they're bad, they are very, very annoying. Yeah, like I, I've been loving what they did to the Necrons and Orcs. Like all the new stuff yeah, is so badass looking, and I'm just really hoping most, if not all, the Xenos races get that treatment. Like Ninth Edition would go down as legendary if nearly every Xenos got that level of an update. Yeah, I don't think Jakari will. Uh, Dark Elder, because they've already had their codex. I think it's only the things that are coming out without a codex yet which are you know, possibly going to have some very nice stuff. But again, we don't know how long the edition is going to be because of the event. Um, the actual edition changes have been getting closer and closer, unless, of course, you ignore sixth and step over to seventh, which was devastatingly fast. I was I was more than a bit annoyed when they did that. <laughs> um, but I, I, I personally believe they're moving in the right direction. At least we don't have the formations BS that we had about five years ago, which just wrecked the game. You know, if you get five of our most expensive models, you can put 12 more of our most expensive models out for free. You know, or get lost, you know. But I, I honestly think that, okay, company politics and all the rest of it aside, they're really trying, and um, it, it's going in the right direction. It's, you, uh, it's a good addition. Um, I'm still waiting and crying in the corner until eventually, when I die of old age, <laughs> we will see a Emperor's Children Codex. Oh, man. Because it's I am fed up of using freaking fine cast. Yeah fucking pieces that don't fit well with the current space marines with the current chaos space marines no they don't <laughs> it's a massive shame because um there was obviously that leak a few years back of uh of a uh, fulgrim and no idea what happened there there's rumors that apparently the cast broke which hey these things happen but um we 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 need our own thing like we've had thousand sons and death guard having the fucking spotlight for ages yeah. Let's let's give World Eaters and Empress Children a big push. See mm. what they could do. And you know, we're hearing loads of rumors of this massive overhaul to the Chaos uh, line, which would be incredible. Because if that is true, like, damn, I I can't wait. Because we we all hear all these little tidbits in the, in the Great Fight and so on, you know. And the Chaos roster needs a change. Like, I want to see Traitor Guard. I want to see. 
Uh, I want to yeah. see basic. I but I don't want to see. Uh, I want to see the traitor guard from the uh, uh, from the Blackstone Fortress kit, but mm-hmm. just not monopoles because those are gorgeous, gorgeous minis. Well, yeah, I've got to agree with you on that. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I've got to agree with you on that. I mean, realistically, there's no reason why they can't have Traitor Guard. I mean, that's going to be an absolute money sink for them as well, as in, sorry, a money market for them as well, because a Guard Army, oh, come on, you're going to at least, at least 10 minimum units of infantry on that little puppy. But what I would say is, Chaos Space Marines, um, have you actually picked up the new ones? Um, the ones which were in that box, I think it was Black Legion? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's... I, I didn't think much of them on the screen. And then when I actually played someone and they had them painted up nice, I've got to admit, they are some of the best models out there. They yeah. look amazing. So, yeah, if we can just get them for our World Eaters and for our Empress Children, I'm all kind, I'm all shades of happy. Yeah, I mean, th- there's there's so much that can be done. I've got a lot of the new models that can't be seen, but they're actually primed in black on the top there because I was actually preparing them for... Uh, because I was thinking of finishing off a small force of Black Legion for Crusade, funny enough. Uh, but, like, like they're, they're all great models. Like, the new Havocs look amazing, right? Like, they're just top-tier cast. But the, we, we still need to wait for, for just basic stuff, which yeah. is frustrating because we need some... Uh, we need new Chaos. We, Chaos really needs an overhaul. Uh, they've been getting a lot of good minis, but like we need not a basic Chaos Land Raider. We need a Chaos Impulso or whatever. You know, give us something. Give us some proper big Dacker and like give us a reason to play as them because one wound is. is, is breaks my heart, man. It's offensive now. Yeah. It's offensive. Well, and, I, and I, I will say from an AOS perspective, it does seem very likely that GW, like those, obviously we've heard some very reliable rumors from people that are all up in those reliable rumor mills about the other uh, chaos sub-factions like the, the Cornates and the Slaneshi guys. But it would line up with kind of what they, like in AOS, they've literally gotten to the point where they're bringing out models that have been like, fantasy fans have been waiting on for... Ever since like third or fourth edition, where Slongors and Zongors are in the game, and mm-hmm. they're it's pretty much guaranteed that Pestigors and Corngors are coming around the corner. Where like they're yeah. they're filling out all of these different factions and they're really updating Chaos and AOS. It only makes sense that they would be doing it simultaneously uh, for 40k, not release wise, but like working on it in the same yeah. sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 like, I'm, I'm really hoping, like, I know how, I can't even imagine how many people would be excited, uh, especially for, like, Angron and, uh, um, Fulgrim, and, uh, especially, like, when everyone saw Morthy with her, essentially her giant snake version, and everyone saw Sigvald, then they're just like, come on! <laughs> come on! Exactly! Exactly! Like, you, you basically made him twice! <laughs> just, just literally. Exactly! <laughs> Keep in mind that the skeletons from those two models might end up being what forms Fulgrim, because if you look at the uh, Start Collecting Chaos Kit, the new Obliterators, right? Mm-hmm. It's literally the same basic framework that was used originally on the Storm Fiends. It's the same poses, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, a lot of their stuff, when you actually played a little bit of Fantasy, a little bit of Age of Sigmar, and a little bit of Warhammer 40k, you're like, 
yeah there's not that much difference in the ranges when you look at it people will bring out a new model you're like oh my god it's amazing and then you go okay here's a little pen and this bit's from this bit and this bit's from this bit and this bit's from this bit and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that a combin uh, any meal is exactly the same thing you know getting the right elements in there but when they turn around and say oh it takes the meons to do it i'm like well, well give me you know I don't know, 12 lagers or, or six ciders. Give me the computer, someone who can work it, and we'll knock out about three ranges. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. It's not as difficult as they say it is anymore. This is mix and match with figures, uh, patterns on a computer. It's not like getting an individual in and individually sculpting everything perfectly every time now, is it? Mm. So the Emperor's clothes is coming into a position... Mm a little bit here and i love games workshop but they've got to start to admitting that technology exists that they use it and perhaps that you know they can pay their guys a little bit better but whatever you know yeah i know for me personally uh i i i have like i have like an army of tyranids up in that closet uh, most, mostly unassembled but uh like you know there, there are days i hear i hear the hive mind calling to me but I know, mm. I know the big thing for me is I'm waiting for like a really exciting special character model because that's what I love about armies are special characters. Like you can yeah, see, sure. I've got Lady Ollander right here behind my shoulder, uh, who yeah. is my favorite character in the game for Nikon. Mm. But like, I'll tell you what, if they come out with a new Swarmlord mini, like if the Swarmlord mutates and he gets bigger and badder, I don't yeah. know. I don't think I could say no to that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could like... Give, Ned's cool. I, I want him... Yeah, I want him to too. I'm with you. Yeah, I want him to eat something to get big. <laughs> like I want him to have wings, and I want him to be big and fucking scary. <laughs> yep, that's fair, and I'd be right there with you because I play Nids too. But uh, I've also, I've, I mean, uh, I, I don't know how true the rumors are, but I keep hearing them about uh, squats being rebranded, uh, which would be just wild. Just they kept would be uh, hinting, didn't they? Sorry. They've kept hinting to squats, haven't they? Like well, times. they've also brought two back into um, oh, one of the skirmish games. Come on, oh, Necromunda, didn't they? Yeah, there's a squat in Necromunda. Yeah. Yeah, did. So, I mean, they can do it. it. My problem has always been the visual lexicon. Um, they killed our squats. One of the strongest reasons, I think, in my mind was to separate the two. Oh, why am I 40? Why is that dwarves in space? No, no, it isn't. They aren't dwarves. So, um, whereas realistically, they could do it again at any time. But the problem is, with with all of the dwarves, you've got Saxon and Nordic iconography and feel, haven't you? Yeah. Well, that's the Space Wolves. Yeah, so where they can go with that? They'd have to... But but we know, yeah, we know they're working on Chaos Dwarfs for Age of Sigmar. Um <laughs> Which are like, which are a faction a lot of people are super excited for because they haven't had like a proper army book in ages. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ages. I've so, got to admit, Chaos Dwarves might actually get me interested in Age of Sigma. I've got to admit, it might. Yeah, because I mean, we, I mean, the, and the new Auric book like literally just talks about them very openly. So we know they're coming. Um, it's just kind of a matter of uh, when. But I, you know, it, that would be such a funny. Like the year of prophecies of us getting Chaos Wars and Fantasy and then Squats of 40k would <laughs> be like the, the would, return of the the return of the squatted. <laughs> it would make money. I would love that. I, I would have a party if they brought back the squats full stop. I honestly would, mate. 
Hopefully they don't call them squats. They need a they need a <laughs> they need a spike in your name. <laughs> oh, oh no, they're definitely going to change the name, the background, everything else. Like I think they're going to go with the demiurge model, which is them being uh, affiliated with a tower and basically space miners. You know, very high tech. Um, again, it kind of when when, when I saw the oh the Caradron, I was like, oh come oh, yeah, the on, overlords, yeah. Come on, give us our squats back, you bastards. Yeah, the Caradron Overlords have crazy technology for a fantasy-based game. I know, but <laughs> if you just look at them, they're squats, aren't they? I mean, you know, yes. they've got big pistols. Yeah. They got... They look so... great. They look great. <laughs> they're they're Now, I personally don't like Sky Dwarves, but that's me being wrong. Yeah, yeah uh, but uh, we'll have to see. Anyway, uh, I think we are just about out of time. So I uh, want to thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, real quick, as we're kind of wrapping up here, uh, Baltimore, you got any any closing thoughts? Anything on your mind as we're closing up shop? Oh, uh, sorry for sorry for talking too much. I do apologize. I chunked down a load of coffee before coming on. It's, so it's so the point of the show. Why are you apologizing? You're the special guest. You're supposed to be talking. Exactly. I, I don't do these things very often, so I think this is the first time I've been live this year. So um, thank you very much for your patience, gents, and of course for the invite. It was wonderful to work with you finally, gents. It's always awesome to speak to you, Baldy. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's, it's been an absolute blast. Um, we really appreciate you joining us on here, and for anyone that hasn't, please do check out Baldemort on uh, uh, the YouTubes. Uh, you got any big projects or anything coming up you want people to know about? Um, every time I say which project I'm working on, it goes completely tits up. So I'm going to cheat my own counsel and say I'm working hard. That's all. Oh, man. What's what coming up, Soat? I know exactly. Man, I can already see people are going to be commenting queek in my, <laughs> in my chat here in a second. <laughs> uh, I know how you feel. <laughs> um, but yeah, please do check him out uh, if you haven't already. Um, uh, Nathan. Closing thoughts. What are you working on? Anything coming up? Yada yada. I'm getting. I'm picking it up. I'm picking it up. Give me a second. I've got tiny hands. You have no idea. My hand. My hands are tall, smaller. I can assure you. Oh, what are they? Mostly Sineshi stuff. Uh, a bunch no, of Hell Riders and a bunch of Chaos Warriors. I am determined to finish the army by by the end of the year. Yep. Oh. Fair. Dude, so that actually just reminded me. Super mm. random aside, Nathan. Totally random one. But I wanted to tell you just because I uh, think you'd find it cool. But a friend of mine actually ran Slanesh Warriors back back in 8th edition. Um, when we went to tournaments and stuff. And uh, the kit bash he did that I thought you might find kind of fun is he wanted to run a... He wanted to run a Chaos Lord on Chaos Dragon. And then he ran um, Juggernauts, right? But to make him Slaneshi, what he did is he had his army under the theme that they were very opulent. So they were like gold and gems and like they he bought little like slabs of marble. So they were all mark walking on marble terrain, uh, like a marble mm -hmm. floor. Um, mm -hmm. But what he did is for the dragon, because um, Chaos Dragons have two heads and they had like two different breath weapons. So he had to have the double head. What he did is he bought the zombie dragon kit, the zombie dragon terror guys kit. And yep. he painted it up as a construct made out of like gold and jewels and stuff. So all the bones were like made of rare metals instead of bone and yeah. flesh and stuff. So it was like this giant golden god zombie dragon. 
but he used it where one head was the zombie dragon, then green stuff, the terrorgeist head is the other head. And then for his juggernauts of corn, what he did is he took chaos knights and he put them on tyranid raveners. Mm -hmm. So the 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 snake like guys with the sickle arms to fit yep. in with the the serpent guy theme. It was a very cool looking army. Cool. I just remembered it. That's pretty cool. That is honestly really really cool. Yeah, See, awesome. I'm trying to make sure that the whole uh, Hedonite range is used. Uh, so I've actually got a bunch of uh, minis, and I'm like, uh, like the, the shields just come off because I had to take it off so I could. Uh, yeah. So oh, yeah, that was the other thing I was actually going to say earlier that I forgot is the biggest thing for me when it comes to 40k is I really want to see the Emperor's Chosen, uh, or so, is that what they're called? The Sons of the Emperor or Emperor's Sons or whatever they are, the Slaneshi 40k guys? Emperor's Children. The Emperor's Children. I really want to see them because, like, AOS showed Games Workshop's new interpretation of Slanesh, which is just yeah. so much better than the old one. And I'm really curious how they would apply that to 40k because their their approach to Slanesh is just so much more interesting than it used to be. Yeah. Um, for myself, I always think they don't go far enough, but uh, chaos is not for kids. And <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. that's always going to be a situation. I, I, I do get some hate mail every now and again saying, eh, they're not evil. No, no, no. You shouldn't be so mean. I'm like, no they are evil just because the good guys aren't so good doesn't mean the bad guys aren't just as bad in fact yeah. they're much worse than most cinematic or universe evil by a long long chalk so i get a bit tired of the sanitization of it you know oh mm. no my space is just a bit angry no he's a worshiper <laughs> he's not just having a bad day yeah this is one of those things interpretation so i hope they don't sanitize it too much my coronates just have a case of the mondays <laughs> but like yeah exactly i mean mm. in, in in aos slanesh we literally got a hero model that is a demon playing a harp that is made out of a guy's spinal oh, cord and shoulder it. muscles <laughs> like that model I, I love it. Um, yeah we can use that in ours as well uh she got obviously you've got um you know, chaos demons yeah in, um, demons demons go all uh, everywhere yeah. demons are the cheapest Sorry. army if you want to play all three games <laughs> exactly. yeah um, exactly all right uh and then uh for me anyone that's curious or listening mm. uh Master shows tech working on painting and stuff don't forget about tale two gamers guys next week units do um i should have some Videos coming out this week, probably going to be mostly Cathay related, might get something else or two out there. Um, but that's going to be it for us today, unless anyone else has got anything else that I forgot. I think we're all good. All right. Well, thank you all so much for watching. I'm going to go ahead and jump out of the call so I can do my say bye and do all that with that crap. Thank you both so much for being here today. Uh, it was a pleasure to discuss chalk, chatting with y'all, and I'll be typing afterwards but uh see y'all in a little while well, have a wonderful weekend and uh and night <laughs>